Hey guys, it's JD from Mr. Critical. How are we doing today? Tonight, oh, where we're at in the world. It's D&D After Dark, so let's do it. All right, guys, so I want to thank some of you guys for tuning in. Cujo, you're awesome. Thanks. Rod, thank you for joining. Uh, so, guys, what do we want to talk about tonight? Uh, you know, I got my books right here. You want to go over some monsters? Oh, what? Oh, and uh, make sure you guys uh, come into the uh, Discord. Everything's in the uh, description below. So feel free to come in. Come in. Tabletop Engineers, awesome group. So, all right, guys. So, what do we want to do? Do we want to create a character? Uh, do we want to go get my dice and create a uh, one shot? You know, I I do have some uh, those uh, Rory Story Cubes. I got two sets of them. We can create a character, create a one shot. Uh, how was everybody's Christmas? Uh, you know. Uh, I believe mine was great. I got to spend it with my family. Best thing about Christmas, also. Got some new books. You know, that's always fun. Uh, you know, let me adjust this real fast. The uh, So far, I cannot put down... Uh, Avernus. I have to say, that one is probably, so far, my favorite. Uh, just, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, because Joe Magnello did, did someone in it, but, uh, yeah, I really don't know to any spoilers of it, but. Uh, the artwork is nice. A uh, lot of the story is deep, you know. I do have to say, yeah, it, it really is. Really, really is. Um, you know, uh, Kujo, Tiamat is rumored to make an appearance in this. So I didn't shot it. Uh, but yeah. Um, you know what? Let's share some artwork. Uh, sorry about the green. I guess I don't get it. As you can tell. Woo! Some nice artwork. Sorry about that. <laughs> green screen. Uh, what do you guys think of the new background? You know, I just changed it today. I uh, think uh, Rod actually gave me the idea. Uh, but yeah. I actually uh, made the map on Incarnate. Rivers, hey, man, thanks for joining me. How you doing? Hey, man, your review on the Essential Kit is awesome, dude. I, just, I got done watching that right before this. That's, that's good. Cool. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. Vernus. Um, yeah, Avernus is a good book. Um, if you didn't watch my videos, the only concern I have about my books, I don't know if it's going to pick it up or not, but the box that they came in, because I took advantage of the uh, 3 for twenty, uh, three for 60 stuff, 
had a hole. Oh, anytime, man. Dude, it was, I have to say, it was probably better than my review. Actually, it was better than my review. I'm just going to say it. That was way better, more planned out and stuff. But yeah, way better than my review of it. But uh, yeah, the, my box, though, had a uh, hole in it, about half the size of my fist here. Just about like that. And there was some water. But as you can tell, all the corners of them are a little bit damaged. I contacted Amazon. And honestly, they made it right by me. You know, I think this one got it the worst because of this corner right here. I don't know if he's going to pick it up or not, but, but yeah, uh, Eberron, this one, it was actually, oh my gosh, the uh, races, the new races in it are awesome. Uh, let's go over. Uh, like the Warforge is great. Uh, I, let me see here. Let's see here. Elves. Let's see. Let's, let's find out what all races. You know what? Let's do this. Let's go over what races are in the Eberron. So, uh, you have your Dragonborn. You have your Dwarves. You have your Elves. Uh, Half-Elves, Wood Elves, all those. You have your Gnomes. You have your Goblinoids. What did you got? Well, I said Half-Elf. Halflings. Uh... Kohorvar, K-H-O-R-A-V-R-A. -R -R -A. I think that's how you say that. But, uh, don't know. But, yeah, I guess that's a race. I really haven't read too much in that. Uh, you got your humans. You got your cow esters. You got your orcs and half-orcs. You got your shifters, which that seems to be about pretty cool. Really? So it's just not me then? Well, honestly, that is nice to know. Uh, what else? Warforge. Uh, yeah, your, your shifters. I guess they're kind of like beasts or whatever. I've had good luck with Amazon books. Not so much when the U.S. Postal delivers them. Yes, I know. I've seen. I've seen that video. It was that was a shame that happened to that book, man. Oh God! I did they pay up? Did did he have insurance on that for you? Um, if it, honestly, if any of you guys want to join in on the stream, come on in. Uh, the link's in the Discord in the uh, Streamyard Live. So, uh, tieflings, you know you got your tieflings in here. Uh, hopefully next week or so I'm going to have a camera so that way I can have it facing down. That way you don't have to always look at my ugly face. Uh, then you got your Dragon Marks. I guess Dragon Marks does certain things for certain races. But uh, I'm still – I've kind of, i been kind of skimming in it back and forth. But it's – actually, it's been pretty good too. Has some adventures uh, in it, and uh, one of my buddies at work he picked this book up too, and uh, 
he's think he's thinking about trying to DM, and I told him go for it. You know that is awesome. Um, that is just ridiculous that they did that. So, hopefully, uh, if I remember right, uh, Canadian Retro is supposed to be sending me a book uh, to complete my three core root book uh, set, root book set for um, three point oh. Hopefully it doesn't do that. Uh, so, what do you guys want to talk about besides the books? Uh, <laughs> oh, I bet because those books are pricey. I have, what I've seen is the older the book, the more they are, even on the uh, modulars. See, um, Rod and I was talking earlier today about uh, his video, and that modular that he has is worth quite a bit of money in that video of his. Um, but yeah, uh, question for you guys Do you guys put tabs on your books so that way you can find stuff easier? I uh, know all my basically all my source books. I have, I tapped them out. Do you guys hear that? But, so. Okay, so my uh, my campaign I do no, but my son does. Okay, um, Rivers, you run what about you run what three point five? You you said in your video right? First six is selling. FR6 is selling for over $90 in the condition of mining. That is, wow. That is amazing how that is. Okay, so Rivers, you run 3.5. Um, is that what you started with was 3.5? Because I started with 5E. And I went back. No, I'm in studio. Okay, but um, I don't know. I went back and read the 3.0s, the, th the third edition books, and for, I don't know, I just, it was more gibberish to me. Um, I was like, what? I just And I was just reading the Player's Handbook and the Dungeon Master Guide, and I compared it to 5e, and wow, 5e is really very newbie-friendly. Very newbie friendly. 
No, ADD is first. ADD. Oh, so ADD is first edition. No, ADD first. Okay, so you started with Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, first edition. Huh. That is. Let me turn this light. It's like you're playing Thaco with Millennial. Uh, you know what, Rod? I I want you to explain that to me one day, honestly. I want you to explain that to me one day. By the way, I'm actually taking advantage of the uh, free uh, the free upgrade for this. Oh, save or die, birds. You know what? I am a nerd, and I'm proud of it. Nerd for life. I've always been a nerd. Why not? Hate. How are you doing, Hate? How are you doing? Hey, Hate, what was your first edition that you played? Let's see. I know. Rod, you, Rod, you played what? Back in 70, back in the 70s, about a few years after it came out. So you're basically, uh, what do they call it, Gygaxians? A Gygaxian? Ooh, hey, you know what? I think we got somebody. How you doing, Rivers? Hey, how you doing? And, uh, I'm doing good. You, sir? I am well. I don't know if I can stay on too long. I got a dog that's pacing. <laughs> I wanted to drop in and say hi. And yeah, I started with the uh, first edition AD&D back in 88, 87, something like that. It's been a few years. But yeah, okay. the, the book that John sent me was for my son because we go to conventions and he'll play a game with us. And he he gets the Thacko. And it's, it's, it's tough to people that don't play it or didn't start playing with that. But I think it's it's a neat system, and the guys that I usually play with at the conventions are is a very good DM, so it's fun. So it's, but I, I play five E. I don't DM it yet. Uh huh. But I still DM three point five. So. Yeah, DM in five uh, E. Up safe says he three point five. Yeah, DM in five E is actually. E, uh, easy is what I've been told, and that's all I've known is 5e for the past because that's what I started with. But, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's I, I love it, you know. I've, I've never really played because no one uh, really uh wanted a DM. Like when I started my when I started playing. I started out as the DM. Everybody else was too scared to. Uh, so I'm like, okay, fine. I picked up Horde of the Dragon Queen, uh, the starter set, uh, Fandolin, and started from that with the, uh, the three core rule books. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, to me, it's an easy system 
it's an easier system than what I've played before. So I uh, I I do enjoy it though. Uh, although I haven't survived a whole lot in that system. Really? For reason? Yeah, my dice go cold, and I end up failing my death saves. I'm like, geez, you got to be kidding me. Ooh, gee, many Christmas. So okay, so is death save something new for Five E? Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely something new. Okay. Okay, because I was wondering about that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things that they've changed and redid, mm -hmm. and it's it's interesting. But to see how they changed it, um, to me, I think it's more more of a streamlined, easier system for players to begin with. You know. Uh, yeah, the yeah, Thacko Factor saying old school. You had a give a thorough description of theater of the mind. That's true. It was a yeah. uh, old school theater of the mind. And uh, we didn't, we didn't start minis until probably the early nineties. We started with the, the Ralph Partha lead minis. Uh -huh. and then they were lead pewter, whatever they got away from the lead. But uh, yeah, the, the minis they have nowadays are really cool and they're not that bad of a price. I think anyway, no, I, uh, Oh, for the ones I don't 3D print, uh, I actually picked up a uh, at a uh, game store. Um, I actually picked up a young red dragon hmm. for like a buck ninety nine. I priced it on uh, I priced it online after I picked it up, and it was worth it's worth like thirty to forty bucks in the condition yeah. it's in a mini. I'm like, holy crap! Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good deal then. Yeah, well, I picked up. Um, Tiffany Sorcerer and I painted them and stuff for like five bucks for two. So I figured that's not bad. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to have to jump off of here. Uh, thanks for having me, though. I really appreciate it. Hey, you know what? Thanks for coming in. Hey, make sure you guys subscribe to Rivers. Give give him a uh, – the link's in, uh, below. Check him out. He is, his videos are awesome. Well, thank hey, dude, you, sir. You're uh, – like I said, your review on the it's intricate, way better than mine. <laughs> Honestly, well, I, just, I got I just got mine. I just put it out. I'm like, dude, this is awesome because I was reading it in the car at home. But yeah, yours yeah. is way more thought out than mine. <laughs> well, I just I like I said, I've been wanting that for a while now to take mm -hmm. a look at it, and that's so I did the review as I opened it. You know, I didn't know it was in the box, so I yeah. pulled everything out and said, hey, this is what's in there. Yeah, so basically you can go from level one to thirteen with wow. uh, with the uh, um, I did a video on the add-ons with it that yeah. on, that's online. But yeah, you can go from one to thirteen. It's basically a whole campaign. That's cool for the price of what a book. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's nice. Yeah. So, but thanks for having me, and I'm gonna get going. Y'all have a uh, good night. You too, man. Thank you for joining. Good game. Later, bud. Overboard. I played as a player once in second edition, then immediately became a DM in Hero Quest and then Warhammer Quest in 3.5, skipped to 4. And I played a character. I haven't played a character since I was 17. Oh, man. Really, Cujo? So you've been DMing. Uh, wow.
what so what are you guys use in your games? You know, I use minis, a map. I got some dungeon tiles I printed off. Um, yeah, not much, not really scenery. I use about the only time I use the dungeon tiles when I do the battles. Everything else I put theater of the mind, like, oh, you're going down the hall, it's narrow by five, by 10 feet by 10 feet, and you know. I'm 47 now. <laughs> 30 years, huh? You haven't played a character in 30 years. I'm sorry. Maybe we can fix that for you. Back in the day, modules was 499 in the brief, at the brief Franklin. Five, five and tens. Wow, really? Five and tens. Wait, Ben Franklin at fives and tens. Wasn't that uh, uh, before it became Walmart? Back then, guess yeah, that was Hive back then. Last session, I used placeholders on the table with markers, for runes. Really. I don't know. I use I use a battle mat when I don't have my dungeon tiles with me. But uh that's about No, I have not opened up the maps yet. I'm you know, honestly, I'm kinda scared too because I don't want to lose them. But uh what do you guys think? Should I? You know what? Hmm. Yes, they are awesome. Okay, you know what? That is going to be a video down the road. I would take them out and I will open up the maps. You know. I'm just scared that I'm going to lose them. You know, definitely, like, I got my con uh, my local Comic-Con coming up, and I'm kind of hoping uh, Matt Mercer comes to uh, the Comic-Con and maybe have him sign this and just put it up and just buy another copy. Cool. Yeah, you know what? I think that would be a good video. That Honestly, that would be a good video, just doing that because I know some of the maps ain't very big and uh, one of them's double-sided I think I think two of them's double-sided let me check let's see here yeah so the Eberron's double-sided and I believe the uh, Avernus is double-sided. Yep. And the Avernus is double-sided. But the Tower is not. What's up, bud? Let's see here. 
Ah. Wife gave me some tools. Yay. Let's see here. Yep, the Tatador is, is not double-sided. But it is. I can basically fold it out, but... It's not double-sided. Darn. But it's pretty cool. It looks pretty cool. So actually, I'll put that on the list. I'll take them out and put them on there. So how, how was uh, everybody's Christmas? Great. And how's, how's the quality of the stream so far, guys? Knock, knock. <laughs> the version of the map isn't great because the landscape is constantly changing, so there's really no official map. Just really. It, so the artwork on it's not nice. Stream is good. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. I was kind of hoping to see uh, a ship battle with, uh, not shit, but a uh, ship battle with uh, Bahamut and Tiamat, but uh, they couldn't make an appearance today. The border gates one. So, okay, so is that on the other, I'm guessing that's on the other side of one? I'm in your lobby. I'm in your lobby. I do not see you, uh, Rod. Oh, there you are. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, what the All right, guys, this is right from the facial factor. Yeah. Oh, there you are. Brain was trying to make sense of it. Hey. hey Looks like it's pausing a lot. <laughs> uh, looks like we got some noise. Yeah, I saw them. Looks like we got some noise. Okay. All right, thank you for joining the stream, man. All right, give me a few minutes. I'm gonna mute this down just a sec. Oh, get a headset. Basically, you can uh, just close the window on YouTube and just do this while you're on here. 
Oh shit, it's a map battle. <laughs> yeah, but his is an official D&D map, and mine is one I drew up on uh, Incarnate. Uh, check it out. I found it through uh, WSAD20. I, I just use a free account of it, but it's actually uh, pretty good. I uh, made it myself and uh, saved it onto my computer. Save it. I crashed. Oh, are you okay? I don't. Hey, you okay? I... Sorry that you crashed. All right. Can you hear me okay, Rod? I can hear you fine. Well, sweet. You're coming in loud and clear, too. Yeah. Sorry about the background noise. Dude, it's fine. I, You know, my software crashed. Well, hey, I hope you got insurance on it. <laughs> Dad joke. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, uh, actually, I'm taking advantage of the uh, free uh, upgrade. For the next five days, well, for for this stream, but uh, trying to get <laughs> Oh, guys! Team engineers, guys. That's where we're at. There we go. We just love each other. Rod, tell us a little about. Tell us a little bit about your channel. Oh, the Thaco Factor. Oh, you want to know about it, huh? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Well, the Thaco Factor is basically was started with uh, 1E in mind, and I just expanded off of it from there. Um, I was trying to do a um, explanatory uh, learner plan for uh, newcomers to the game. And also at the same time make a video library for my kids. And pretty soon I started getting subs out of nowhere. And next thing you know, hey, I'm invited to a Discord channel. <laughs> you know, that's – dude, I got to talking to these guys. Hate's too soft. I would not want to meet him in the streets. But uh, no, I – oh, God, I can't remember how I found these guys. I just, I just started – I seen the videos I liked, started subbing, then I think Hate uh, had a link and invited me to the Discord in the same way, and it just took off ever since then, you know? Well, that's like I was uh, doing a search for that uh, Battlemaster Battlemat set. I came across your video, uh -huh. made a couple of comments, I subbed, and next thing you know, we're, <laughs> we're talking to each other on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like, wow. You know, I think you, like, I don't know, the very small community that we have is just like, we try to, we gave, we give each other uh, shout outs and stuff. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, my first shout, uh, the first person that ever gave me a shout out was uh, Almighty N. I was, no, I'm, I'll take that back, Rose Stats, and that's before I even had a video up. He was one of my first subscribers. I wish I could get a hold of him too, honestly, because he was. If you ever, if you've seen his videos and stuff, they're great. You know, I just I, I don't just remember what happened to him. 
Huh? I don't remember if I've seen him or not. Yeah, uh, Rose said, but yeah, his uh, his video is good. He he's the one who encouraged me to start um making videos and stuff. Kujo's mad because of double ply quoted toilet paper. <laughs> oh come on, Kujo! So you're saying I'm premium paper quality? Ultra soft charming. <laughs> uh, Guys. Uh, oh, you guys are so awesome. Hey, gotta be a heckler once in a while, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, this like... N- Honestly, the Discord... This group, we don't judge each other. We just roll with it. I, I look at this. Take me as I am because I'm not gonna change. Exactly. Same here. <laughs> you know? Same here. Yeah. You know, you did ask me earlier, you know, how I got started and what I got started into when I got into D&D. Mm-hmm. It, it was uh, Boy Scout camp. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was called Camp Baker out in uh, Oregon on the coast. Um, it's about 20 miles uh, north of Coos Bay, North Bend area, right there on the coast on uh, Highway 101. If anybody knows that area, it's really beautiful. Dunes and everything else. It's really nice. But um, I digress. We got tired of watching the osprey <laughs> hit hit the lake and go fishing and stuff. And the that night, the uh, junior scoutmaster and the uh, senior patrol leader, which were twin brothers, they broke out a Folgers coffee can full of dice and said, "Everybody, pick a handful of dice. Here's what we're gonna do." Handed us player record sheets. Gave us some basic instructions, and next thing you know, we're playing Dungeons Dragons for an entire week every night, <laughs> and I got hooked. It was just like that. I just got done reading um, the entire Tolkien series, so I was I was in gear and ready for it already. Really? Yep. See, and I got into it because I came across Critical Role. Like mm-hmm. nothing, but I've always, um, always wanted to play D and D and stuff, and um, started watching Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Then I, you know, I played World of Warcraft. Me, my cousin, we're like, he's a uh, army veteran, mm-hmm. and uh, I asked him if he wants to try it. He goes, Yeah, sure. What are we gonna lose? I'm like. Okay, well, you live about an hour away from me, so and uh, one of our other guild is like, you know what? Let's just do an online campaign. I want to try it too. Yeah. Okay. Who's going to DM? And they, everybody's like, not me. I'm like, I do it. Yeah, there's a lot to being a DM though. You it really sure is. Read it. You got to know the material. You got to know the monsters. Yeah. Uh, I limit my players on race. Because first edition, they didn't have Dragonborn, they didn't have Tiefling, they didn't have Tabaxi. No, you had uh, humans, dwarves, elves, and halflings. And half elves and gnomes. Half elves and gnomes, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't until the Unearthed Arcana when the Duergar came out, and dwarves could become uh, clerics, and uh, elves could become clerics. Huh. See, and back then you had what uh, class races? Yes. 
How did that yeah. work? It, it was interesting, to say the least. Because as an elf, you could be mainly a ranger. As a human, you could be anything. Um, that's back when they had the... Um, what were they called? They weren't called specialty classes. They were prestige classes. The um, the bard. You had to start out as a fighter, go up to like level 7 or 8, I think it was. And then you had to become a thief, take that up to like level 7 or 9. And you drop that and you start out as a druid level 1, bard level 1. What? Yeah. You earned your stripes. Wow. Yeah, like, I, I believe Cavaliers had to start out as fighters. Huh. If, if memory serves me correct, I could be wrong. I have been known to give false information on YouTube. <laughs> well, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I think I gave some false information before, too. Yeah. It, we're only human. It just proves it right there. Yeah, you know, it just... Mm -hmm. And, you know... Memories tend to get foggy. You know, you could sit there and read something, and five minutes later you go to tell somebody about it, and you've already forgot half the information. Exactly, right? Yeah. You know, that's – I don't know. Like with – I call it my Four Horsemen campaign because I'm going to have, like, the Four Horsemen come up, but I don't know when. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to introduce them one by one, slowly but surely. Now, is this the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse? or is Oh, it Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta get in Guildmaster's Guide for uh, uh, for the Disease Horseman because I'm gonna do Druid uh, of the Spores mm -hmm. for him. Um, I'm gonna do a Fighter for War, mm -hmm. a Death Cleric for Death, and for Pendants, I'm probably gonna do like a Sorcerer or something. Mm. You know, but also. There's going to be a different. Uh, there's going to be a twist. You're right, Cujo. There is way too much overlap. Uh, Rise of Skywalker sucks. <laughs> I don't even want to see it. Uh, it's after, not bad. After the the first trilogy, it went to garbage because A New Hope was like stabbing me in the chest with a mm -hmm. Vulpar sword. Wait, A New Hope? Basically, when the Star Wars came out... No, well, was, not, not A New Hope. I meant... Uh, uh, I was going to say, it was just called episode, Star Wars. Episode 1. What was that? Uh, it wasn't A New Hope. Phantom Menace? Before. Yeah, Phantom Menace. It was stupid. But, you know, that's me. I'm old school. <laughs> 1977, 1978, 1979, 1981, 82. Th that, was, that was Star Wars. And then you get this Walt Disney garbage. Come on. That ain't Star Wars. That's just adding more princesses to the Disney lineup. Well, did you know that Fox, for years, had the rights to Episode Four? Yes, I did know that. Yeah, I was. Uh, my, I told my cousin that he. No, actually, my cousin told me that. I'm like, no way. Yep. And I looked it up. I'm like, that's the only one that Disney did not have rights to until they bought Fox. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, if you look at it, there's also a Grindhouse version. Revenge of the Sith. That was a good one. Phantom Menace was great. We got Darth Maul. Maul was great. Uh, Ray Parker was actually great. I like how he... I like how he played Toad in the X-Men. He played... Snake? 
in G.I. Joe's, the uh, live-action movie. Snake Eyes. Yeah, Snake Eyes. Wait, was that the white one? I think so. Yeah, the, the no, no, no. He played. He played the one that didn't talk. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah. That was Snake, Snake, Eyes. Snake Eyes. is the white one in GI Joe. Okay, so he yeah, he played the, the cartoon series. They might have done it a little bit different. Yeah. In the movie. So he played the one that didn't talk. Dude, yeah, Qui Gon was awesome. And they killed him off way too soon. I think I that so ruined too. it for me. You know, um, yeah. Because he has a specific off. set of skills. Yeah, he did. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I know they're talking about uh, doing a uh, Obi Wan series on Disney Plus. Yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah, and Eric McGregor is going to play uh, an Obi Wan, mm-hmm. which is funny because have you seen Solo? Yeah, I saw Solo. Okay, so that was actually Ray Park. Uh, Ray Parker, you playing Dark Maul, the physical body, but the voice was from Clone Wars. Mm. Because uh, Clone Wars was uh, uh, canon, basically. So they wanted to keep it in with that. Mm. Qui-Gon Jinn. <laughs> hey, how about uh, Jar Jar Binks? Best Jedi ever. True Sith Lord. <laughs> He's hiding uh, in plain sight. Mr. Jaja. <laughs> you know, he said his his people or, or his his people were afraid of him, which just leads you to think there was something up with that dude. Well, there's a comic out there mm-hmm. that kind of described him. Uh, that actually showed him with a lightsaber. So I yeah. Wonder. Yeah, so why why not take and hide yourself in plain sight? And exactly, right? You're, you're the guy that's undermining everything. Exactly. And Emperor Palpatine was actually his puppet. Back in D&D with too much overlap was first edition, Rod? Uh, some overlap. Um, like, what do you mean by overlap? Yeah, what exactly are you talking about overlap? Because there were some things that overlapped from basic into expert, expert into uh, master and champion and immortal. But there was also the stuff from the original great, uh, original uh, yellow box or gold box back in '74 that overlapped into the Holmes basic stuff. And then uh, first and second edition, they overlapped through the um, Rulesopedia, which is also a bridge bringing. Basic expert and all the uh, B, what is that? B C E, B E C M I, one E and two E into a new light. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. <laughs> I kind of want to look that up. So okay, I was at. Uh, I don't know if you guys have those up, uh, have the store up there, but we have a store down here, uh, Half Price Books. Mm, no, we got Barnes and Noble. No, oh, well, this is a, like a used bookstore. Oh, the Supposed Wizard versus Cleric and Druid. Supposed- yeah, true. Uh, there wasn't that much of an overlap. There might have been maybe one or two that carried over between the classes. So that way. Um, if you had a druid that was pure healer, 
they could use a, a crossover into some of the clerical spells. Uh, there might have been a couple of magic user spells that the clerics were able to do because it crossed over there too. But I do know in first edition and second edition, I believe the paladin was the only one that could self heal. Really? Mm hmm. Yes. Lay on hands, basically? Basically, lay on hands on himself. Um, the cleric could not self heal, the druid could not self heal. So there had to be an, an alternate in there that could, a cleric healing another cleric, or a druid healing a cleric. Oh, we have zero! Hey fellas! Hey, bro! Welcome to the stream, man. What's hey, going how's it going, buddy? Going good, man. How are you guys doing? Doing. I'm doing great. Hope you guys had a great Christmas. Oh, I. You saw what I got, right? <laughs> yeah. I <did. laughs> yeah. Yeah. I synced it. <laughs> Honestly, I. I I could not pass it up. Oh. Uh. Man, what's this flipping on the screen? Oh, there we go. How's that? There. Oh, there we go. let's mess with my eyes for a minute there. <laughs> Woo! Thought my trifocals were going bonkers. <laughs> but yeah, I'm actually taking advantage of the uh, StreamYard free uh, upgrade for the week or whatever. Yeah. It's actually pretty neat, but I don't know if I want to pay $25 a month for to get these features. What to do you mean? That, that seemed a little price. Like the custom background, have, where you can put in your custom background, uh, put your brand up. Or different stuff. What is this for? It's just something StreamYard's doing. Oh, really? To try to get people to uh, get their subscription. Huh. But like, if I didn't have, if it wasn't the free one, it would be just like this one. Oh, so it's just a generic. Yeah. Yeah, so, I remember when I was talking to you when you were setting that up this afternoon. Yeah. So wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is it a paid service now? Uh, no, 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 no. They have a subscription service uh -huh. where you can pay twenty five. I, th I think it's twenty five dollars a month, and it just you get unlimited video, uh, like recording times. Because right now with a free one, you only get twenty hours a month. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and you like you would get their watermark up here, powered by Streamyard, instead of your own watermark. Gotcha. And you will get this background. So basically, it would look like this. Gotcha. How are you getting your? How are you getting that logo up there in the corners of your screens? Oh, uh, on my stream. On your right now on your screens, I can see the tabletop dungeoneer logos. How are you guys doing that? Oh, that's mine. I that's all I, him, not me. Yeah, that that's on my. Okay, so I'm recording. I'm filming through OBS camera. It's uh, through virtual cam. Okay. So I got OBS up, and I got that up there with the subscribe button. Mm, okay. You know, it just um, I can I can try, I could walk you through it one day. All right. If you want. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you use OBS or how do you no, do it? I no, I don't. I don't think I use OBS. I don't think I, so. I can't. I mean, Why can't you, Rod? Nothing plays good. Or plays nice with NVIDIA GeForce. Really? Mm. Yes, NVIDIA GeForce has a self proprietary streaming system hooked up to it where it goes through Xbox Live. Oh. 
I've seen AMD then. I'm it's sorry. It's garbage. It is pure garbage. I'm I'm seeing AMD. AMD. My whole PC yep. I built is AMD. Mm-hmm. Well, see, Go past. I I had a Republican yeah, laptop when I was in college. Uh-huh. And it for a better choice of a term it went tits up on me. Huh. And I know that term. I got another one. And I'm like, okay, well, this one has a solid state drive. It's got another terabyte with it. It's got RAM through the nose, and it's quick. And I'm like, I'll get it because I tested it out at Best Buy before I even got it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think about streaming or anything like that because I was into World of Warcraft at the time, and I, I, I really didn't think about it, you know, because you're, you're absolutely right. I got the lap, my laptop same way. I went to Best Buy. I needed something with good uh, memory, and you know, because I was taking a ton of pictures, family pictures, and I wanted to save them all. I yeah. had no clue I was going to be ever streaming. You know, yeah, the camera right. on here is terrible. Like, this is actually a separate camera that I'm using, but the one on the laptop is just, it's just terrible. Yeah. It, honestly, if it wasn't for StreamYard, I could not stream, honestly, because my internet sucks. Yeah. Well, see, the one you're looking at me right now is the one that's on my cam- on my laptop. Is it? Okay. That's yeah. not bad. It's actually- yeah, yeah. No, really, really it, not. It is. It's good. It was, it was terrible last week. <laughs> but a little acetone cleaned it up. I thought it was a yeah. cracked lens or something. You know, it was doing Oh, the- yeah, it was all fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely looking clearer now. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, see, uh, I, I do all my filming with a... Uh, a Canon T5i DSLR that I picked up a few years back. Okay. You know, and look, they're on like the T7 or T8 now, so. Yeah. It's like my editing software. I, I use the. Uh, uh, guys, Cujo's got a question. Yep. How do you feel about the amount of healing in the current edition? How do you, uh, I know how to deal with it, but just curious how different the older versions are. Okay, I, now I don't. I, don't I haven't. I haven't experienced the new version yet. I honestly, I have not played. I've been reading. I have not played it yet. Um, the new. Okay, so the new version is all I know. So basically, if you take a long rest, you roll your hit dice, and that's how many uh, uh, hit points you recover. Right? Isn't that also on a short rest? You half that, right? Yeah, yeah. a short rest. You ha- uh, you roll half your hit dice, mm-hmm. and but uh, also the bard, I believe can do a uh, song of healing mm-hmm. yeah well, bards, cl- bards clerics well in three five bards clerics druids paladins they could all do semi-healing but clerics did it the best i mean clerics use d6s where everybody else used d4s but on on all honesty as as just as a dm i basically just eliminated that process and whatever the spell did maximum that's what i gave because the challenges I put my players through were tough. Like in 3.5, it was designed so that four players of any class could, of first level could handle a challenge one monster. Now that monster was only gonna res- only gonna take a quarter of their resources from the entire group, right? So that's hit points, uh, coins, you know, damage, whatever whatever the resources are for the that group, that monster would only take that resource. So. It really wasn't a challenge for them. Although in the Dungeon Master's Guide, it said, yes, this is the, the equal challenge for that party, but it wasn't. Like, it just uh, one orc versus four players of first level was just not a challenge. So I would either give the orc more hit points or I would give him a couple orcs to make it 
at least it would have to you'd have to put five orcs against a four player group at first level in order for that group to actually feel challenged to actually mm -hmm. feel like they may not make it out of that encounter so whenever it came to healing and hit points even in character creation i always tell my players start with the maximum hit points you are allowed in your class i don't care what the hit dice says i don't care if, it, if it's a d8 then you're gonna have eight hit points per level it doesn't matter don't roll because you're gonna need those hit points. To me, hit points are such a diminutive resource. You know, they're constantly losing hit points, constantly. And right. unless you have a, you know, your cleric at first level, all they can do is heal. They cannot resurrect, right? It takes like, you gotta get to like almost 10th level before you can start getting resurrection. And if you're out in the wilderness, you've got so much time before that player character dies. Right. And and my goal wasn't to kill the players. My goal was to, keep the story going and, and and finish the campaign for these players you know and i wasn't baby feeding them i wasn't spoon feeding them if they made mistakes they made mistakes people did die but right and they had to you know we got to stop the campaign go to town and pay to get resurrected you know it happened a couple of times right. and they learned you know as they played they learned okay let's not make stupid mistakes but for me hit points and 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 hit dice were always maximum always if the, if the potion granted like 46 then you're gonna get that you know that that uh, twenty four hit points automatically it just doesn't matter. That's just what you're gonna get. You That's know? a smart idea. Maybe I should run that by Mike. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't like that because they feel like, oh, you're you know, you're you're babying the players. But to me, it's like, look, man, there is enough. There's enough to throw at them to kill them. You know. So in five e, the challenge rating does not add up. No, it doesn't. It honestly, the monsters are way stronger than the players. For really? the and yeah. some of them. You got one bugbear wiping out a party of five. Yeah, I lay down an owl an, an owl bear on the table, just messing with my players, right? And one of them's a uh, he DMs a session. He saw that he saw the uh, owl bear. He goes, "Uh, <laughs> why do you hate us?" <laughs> yeah, he goes, "Uh, what the f, JD? Really? Come on!" I'm like, "What?" He goes, "An owl bear." I'm like, "Oh, you don't have to worry about that." He and every five seconds he's looking over there. Uh, one of their first fights, though, one of my players' first fights, they went up against two swarm of rats and three swarm of bats. Mm -hmm. And I guess it overpowered them. I I had a, one of the NPCs come in and help them out. Mm. Well, that's like the first time I tried playing Five E. Mm -hmm. I killed the party off on their on their first encounter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm serious. I'm serious. They came across a corpse. They rolled, they, they rolled the corpse, and they got attacked by rats. The rats gave them rabies uh, <laughs> because I had that disease probability in there from first edition. Oh man! And it's like I lost them. Yeah, that's oh, what I was laughing at a second ago. I saw that pop up. <laughs> what are you saying? Uh, I don't really want to say it because <laughs> Cujo, oh. you're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Cujo, you're killing me, dude. Dude. <laughs> dude, his, his Dwarven Force says, I'm jealous. Oh, it's wow. nice. It's really yeah. nice. I saw the... Oh. I was like, man. Yeah, I can't wait for him to start putting out some more different uh, different videos of the different sets, like individual sets, and really start showing what they're capable of. Like, I've always liked Dwarven Forge. I've seen them before. I just I could never 
justify the cost. And it's not that I can't afford it. I could afford it. It's just the, cost, the justification of it. Because, like, if I can only use it for Dungeons & Dragons, it was like, eh. I can't, I can't afford it. I'll, be, I'll just, just be honest. I can't afford it. One of my groups last week came across a zombie T-Rex loaded the deck on an abandoned ship. Before they got to share a smile with them, they tied off the ship and started how? How? Why was Jurassic there a Park? zombie T Rex on a on a, on a on a ship? Have you seen Jurassic Park? I mean, yeah, but the party consists of what is which the party? party? Cujo's. Well, I saw that down there, but I'm like, whose party? Oh, and. So, blew my little Gundam guy together. Oh yeah, the gun pack. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It's the one I got from Disney. Uh huh. They're like a soft, plasticky rubber, mm. so they pop apart really easily. So I'm just because I don't mess with Disney make gun pies. Hmm. Just little guys. Disney made that. No, no. <laughs> At Epcot Center, there's a you know the Japanese land at Epcot Center. Uh huh. And uh, we went into the store, and I, I did a whole video on these guys. We went into the store, and I saw them. I was like, oh, cool. I'll grab some. They're cool little you know, desk toppers. You know what I'm saying? You just throw them on your desk. Uh-huh. And, uh, and we paid for them. We walked out. I looked at the receipt, and I realized it was, I paid $45 for this and this, these two little guys. And I was pissed. I was, and it, my wife was, we were even, I was going to go back in and just return them because I would never pay that much money for something this tiny. You know, right? Um, but I was so fucking in shock. We just kept walking, and by the time I realized, I was like, "I'm not going back," but I will never buy from there again. You know what I'm saying? Like, just because yeah. it was so expensive, and I didn't even realize it. You know, I just and I finally I don't even go to the Disney store. I've had these. Uh, no, we were in Walt Disney World in Epcot Center. Oh, oh, what? That's, yeah, yeah, and that's that's why we went in there. And like oh, I said, I the green screen. I um, yeah, I will. Part of two wizard. Never, never again. So his party consists of a level two bard, level two wizard, level nine rogue, and a level four druid. Oh, wait, a what level rogue? Level nine rogue? How is there a level nine rogue with level two characters? How's that TPK, happen? I'm guessing. <laughs> There's a level four druid too. <laughs> uh, that party's. That's probably why they got killed. The party is completely unbalanced. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 let's see, let's see. My son was playing my NPC locked us catfish druid. Jumped into the water, used thorn whip, and pulled him water. <laughs> oh, <laughs> thorn whip! You gotta love that one. What does it do? Oh, thorn whip. Well, it'll do it'll do the damage, but it also brings your target toward you. Really? Yeah, it draws it in to melee range. Oh, That's nice. Cool. Deck of many things. You know, I actually made a deck of many things and had it in my first campaign. And wow. it's overpowered. Yeah, it is overpowered. You what, should level, what level were the players? Bother to you like level 10 or 12. Uh, yeah, you can't, you can't have level three. No way, dude. No way. Yeah. No. Well, I was, I, was, I, I was new at it. I'm like, oh, I want to try it. Yeah. But uh, honestly, they had a good, one, good draws. They never pulled a bad card. Yeah, but I mean, oh, I, I leave the bad cards in. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's just I a really mean, powerful item to give to third level players. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 
yeah, it's almost overkill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, instead of the cards disappearing, I just put them back in the deck. Yeah. So they had a loaded cannon, like wherever they went. <laughs> oh, so yeah, the deck yeah. things leveled her to level nine. Yeah, I could see that happening. But uh, yeah. Everyone else. Oh wait. Yeah. That's why she's level nine. Everyone else died. <laughs> oh, of course. You killed everybody else, huh? <laughs> so, what's your guys' favorite setting in D and D? Forgotten okay. Realms. Forgotten Realms. Yeah, buddy. I'm guessing that's the most common. It's no. the most common since uh, second edition or, or first edition. Yeah, second. I don't remember. I mean, when I played first, we used the red box because that's all we had. Yeah. And I remember the Forgotten Realms box set coming out, but we just couldn't get it until we actually got into second edition. Yeah. Then we picked up the gray box, like we were able to afford it. And by that time, you know, the information was a little dated, but it was still usable. And, and you know what I mean? So, like I said, I wasn't playing it until second, but, you know. Yeah. Um, I was really into the Forgotten Realms box set and everything when it came out. I, I got it around Christmas time when I um, came back from Korea on leave back in uh, uh, what was it? 87. Damn. Brother, I was I was a freshman in high school. <laughs> yeah, Dude, I, was, I was two years into the Army, <laughs> fresh uh, out of high school. <laughs> you know, I tried twice, actually, um, to get into the service. Uh, the second time I lied, you know, when I, the first time I tried, they were like, no, your eyesight's really bad. You're not going to be able to get in. So, okay. Went out. I came back months later and I lied. I was like, oh yeah, I'm getting glasses or on the way, blah, blah, blah. So they let me take the ASVAB test and everything. I scored like a 56 and then, uh, and then they waited a month. And when I didn't get the glass, they were like, you just can't, we can't, you know, put you in there. And I tried. <laughs> hey, all my high marks were in mechanical. Because for some reason, that's the way my brain works. It works if the 12th gear is going right, where's the 47th gear going, right? Right, right. You know, and I, I knew those answers just pop them off like no, nothing at all. They stick me behind a typewriter in a comm center. Oh, my God. Yeah, they said and, that I scored for UDT. Uh, and uh, they said I scored high enough to be a UDT specialist. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. What is that? What do I get to do? And they were like, well, it's underwater demolitions. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> so if I blow up, I'm, I'm down there and nobody's going to find me. <laughs> no. No. Underwater depth charges are bad. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I like I said, I tried. It just didn't work out. Yeah. Dang. More power to you just for trying to get in, though, you know. Yeah. Your heart was in it. I mean, a lot of people in my family were in the service. It just was one of those things. I mean, I felt like it was my responsibility, you know. Yeah. They told me I was too stupid. I, I, did, stupid. I did score high enough on the ass fast, according to them. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Seriously, they said you look stupid. No, they told me I literally didn't pass the ass fat. Oh, God. A monkey could pass the ass fat. That's what I thought. I'm like, I got him right. But no, I like. I was I was one point off of my ASVAB from going in the Coast Guard. Oh, that would have been a sweet game. Hey, Zero, yeah, did and they had a Coast Guard base right there outside my hometown. <laughs> What'd you say, Crit? You, uh, Kujo wants to know if you hung up those posters yet. 
no, man, I haven't gotten them up yet. Actually, I have two of them. I'm, I got underneath my gaming mat. I'm flattening out, and I got to put the other two underneath there. I just got some some new ones. I'll uh, I'll show you guys real quick. Um, did you hang up? Did you hang up the X-wing and the uh, Tie Fighter yet? No. Oh, I got. I want to see those when you hang those up. Yeah, I got to get fishing wire for that. But I got this one. But I didn't realize when I bought it that this is actually the Force Awakens Falcon. Mm. I, I was hoping for the original, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, that shit's everywhere now. And then I picked this one up recently. Oh, the Iron Man. Iron Man Mark 7. I was going to say, is that. Or Mark. Yeah, Mark 7 armor. My nice. favorite. It's just paper. I got these for like. Uh, this one was like twenty cents, and then it was like a dollar something for shipping. They were they were super cheap. From which? Uh, AliExpress. Dude, uh, dude, all by the end. That's where he gets his meetings and stuff at. I got this for my wife. She must love that anime. Oh yeah, my neighbor Toto. One of her favorites. Yeah. I mean, we we both love Hai Miyazaki's work, but that's one of her favorites. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I gotta I gotta put those up. And I got a D&D poster of Tiamat that I got to put up really nice um, from the new 5th edition artwork. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful artwork. But I've liked the artwork, I mean, from the very beginning. It's just gotten so much better. The artists have gotten so much more uh, talented. And, you know, now that Dungeons & Dragons has a defined look, like, I really like the look of the the monsters in Dungeons and Dragons. That they they solidified what a beholder looks like, what their version of a red dragon looks like, and it's just I love it. So, yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I look at older versions of uh, of the monsters. I like the fifth edition way. The fifth edition ones look better. I don't well, know. Fifth if, edition ones, you know, they were just uh, line art. Yeah, yeah. The original ones were yeah, just pen art, pen and like, like it was uh, like uh, pen and paper. Yeah, they, I think it was, yeah. it was called pen art. I believe it was pen art. Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. And that that right there takes a lot of talent to do. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that's you know when I was growing up, that's what I did. That's all I could do was I was, I was drawing, you know, all the time. Um, and I first started with like you know drawing my action figures, like He Man, and then my Transformers, and just drawing whatever I had around me, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what motivated me to just do more and more and i started doing comic books you know little comic books in my notebooks and a couple of buddies of mine we'd get together and we'd make comic books and stuff like that and you know i went into high school and i was getting ready to leave high school and i was going to go into college and i wanted to go to the illinois uh art institute so i put together a portfolio because you have to put, you know you have to do that back then it was you know a folder with all your artwork in it you know mm -hmm. your best artwork um, and when i went to go see the recruiter for the college they were telling me like this is great stuff but there's nothing here for you we have nothing that you would benefit like you, there's nothing that in, there's no path for you to go to in this school you know so he he was just like i don't know what to tell you you'd come here and you'd waste your money so i wound up not going you know and like not even two years later they started a comic book program they started a young artists and, and comics program you know things like that and i was like I could have went and got all my base stuff done and mm -hmm. then jumped into these programs, but I was already working. You know, I had to pay bills. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. It was, it was so frustrating. And they just made me realize, like, how many artists are out there. You know, like, I'm an artist. Draw, I paint, I create, whatever. But there are so many artists out there. It's like everybody in my class was a fucking artist. I was fighting with 30 kids to get one spot. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. It, was, it was crazy, man. You know, in those times, you know, you still got to pay bills and you got to pay rent. And I was on my own at like 17. So there was no room for making bad decisions. I haven't made an account on LA Express. I was leery of that site. You know, I was leery of the site too. I was. I haven't too. made an account on LA Express yet. Never but seen it. Everything I've seen from like Almighty Inns to everybody else's um, zero stuff, I'm actually thinking about making an account because, God, those meetings were so freaking cheap. On yeah, that. dude. I, I was leery at first. I mean, I was leery two years ago when I first started with them. But. I have I have had maybe one instance where I ordered a miniature, I paid for it, and then they returned my money and canceled my order. And Why I don't know. That? I, I think because like they started changing their shipping policies, so like when they when you click on it, you know it's coming from China. So they're literally putting it in a box, putting it in a shipping container, putting that on a boat, and it's coming over here across the sea. So they're not they're not flying anything over. Mm-hmm. So if the shipping time is longer than their processing time, they'll cancel the order unless you go in physically and change the processing time to give it more time. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll, they'll tell you, all right, shipping will be, we're gonna ship this in two weeks. If that two weeks comes and they haven't shipped it yet, they'll immediately cancel your order unless you go in there physically and select to extend the shipping time. You know, I didn't know that. So it was one of those things where it's like, well, where's my order? I looked, they canceled it. I was like, oh, what the hell? I contacted them. This is what happened. I was like, okay, I didn't know that was a procedure. Now that I do, I make sure I check everything that I order. And usually, like I said, I, with them, you click it and forget it. You know, you order it, you're not getting it for at least four weeks. You know what I mean? Minimum, you know, unless it's, unless they have something here in their U S warehouse, you're not getting it for at least four weeks. Right. So I, that's why I like it. You just click it, you forget it. And you know, it's on its way. That's just me, though. I've never dealt with them. I'm I'm honestly thinking about giving them a chance. You know, I get ten dollars a week and spend on whatever I want within my budget. And I'm like, some of those minis. Yeah. Like, what is it? Ten or fifteen minis for like eight bucks. Yep. That's and they're, they're, you know that they're resin. They're most of them are. Like if they like, for example, they have they have minis from the Wrath of Bashardalon game, you know. Yeah. And you can get them for like twelve bucks or something. It's like fifteen minis or whatever. The problem is like what they'll do is they'll take that miniature from the game and they'll recast it in resin. So you're getting you're getting a resin miniature from them. Uh, so it's not the original. It's a recast. A lot of people frown on that, but for me. What what I would pay for the original miniature, say like forty dollars. I would get like at least minimum from them 30% off because it's a recast. So to yeah. me, that's, that's, and I don't, you know, for me, it's, that's all that I, I have the mini. That's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need a proof of proof of authenticity or anything like, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to, shoot, Oh, Cooper says he's going to try to shoot a couple of videos in the next few days. City builder for zero dungeon, uh, dungeon or doom for hate. Yeah, I'll probably do another Gale Force Nine miniature. Cool. cool. Yeah, I got some. Um, hold up, I'll show you guys in a second. Hey, I did you a, guys? Any of you guys picked up the uh, Stranger Things starter set for D and D? No, I didn't. I was going no, to. I but, okay, I'm gonna go get that miniature and show you guys. One second. All right. Uh, the uh, Demogorgon. Yeah, the Demogorgon. 
it's funny because like my, the people at work when they started watching this show, oh demigorgon this, I'm like that's not. <laughs> that's not the demigorgon. <laughs> I was like, first of all, it's not it's not a it, it's a who. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you learn D and D, you know that he's a who, not a it. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. Make fun of me. No, not you. That, that, that's like um, a lot of people don't know that what a demi lich is. Yeah. What's a demi lich? A demi lich is a <laughs> lich that has gone way beyond being a lich. So it could be a skull. Or it could be. I just got the Stranger Things box set for Christmas for from my boys. I've had it for I've had it for a while, but um, and I read through the, I read through the story. It's basically to me, it's a one shot. You can get yeah, it done in a couple hours. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be for. Yeah. It's just to get you interested in D and D, and if your kids are interested in Stranger Things, it helps right. them transition to D and D. It's just like the Rick and Morty version. Uh, Dude, that is hilarious. I've read that. <laughs> it's like a, it's a couple of adventures, you know, but it's designed oh, yeah. to get people, you know, different people from different hobbies and different, you know, interests into yep. Dungeons and Dragons. So here's the minis. This was the unpainted one. Mm -hmm. And it's, they're like that cheap plastico. Mm -hmm. And. It's not bad. A lot of people was upset with them. Here's the paint. It's like the painted, painted one. one. It looks just like the unpainted one. Yeah, but yeah. just like just, with you a can see that. You can see the red in the mouth, but that's about yeah. it. Oh, okay. And it has yeah. a little bit darker. My camera's really not picking up on it. No, you can but, see it. I, yeah. Yeah. But, but honestly, is that all you get? Just the two Demogorgons? You get mini miniature wise, yes. You just get the two Demogorgons. Okay. And I just dropped them. <laughs> but, you know, you get. You know what? I'll just show you. You get like this your basic uh, starter set rules here yeah. mm -hmm. with these with uh, pictures from the uh, show. Yeah, yeah. Right. Will's artwork is in. Yeah. There. Yeah. Oh, actually, Will's artwork is in. Like the characters are Will's artwork. Yeah, is in this. Yeah. And it's just it's awesome. Like here, if you don't pick up one of the wise. <laughs> but um but yeah it's not bad i actually took it to the bathroom i read it so it's bathroom literature then <laughs> oh we used to call the national inquirer <laughs> basically okay if that's the case, all, all the bathroom literature uh, because i've been taking a run to the bathroom and i'd be reading it and I'm like, oh my god! I've already been here for like 15 minutes. I gotta get up. <laughs> Look at this, guys. I've got this whole stack of stuff here, and I've been waiting to open up what I want to do on camera. <laughs> stuff. Oh, I got this whole stack of shit that I've gotten, and I'm trying to do. I'm gonna do videos on. I just I've been like trying to be patient and wait, you know, uh, to open them up. But I want to do it on camera, so. And I got you. Started on my, I started on my tower, right? But I realized I have to change this to the opposite side mm -hmm. because, as it is, um, it's not a dice tower for everybody. It's a dice tower for me for when I play Warhammer and Warhammer 40k, and I roll a lot of d6s. So when I roll them, 
if they're in front of me on the tower, I, I have to reach around and grab them. So if, but if they come this way, then I can just grab them from here, mm -hmm. you know, because you have to pull out your misses and, pull, you know, change, you know, move your hits to your misses and stuff like that. Um, so I'm going to design, change the design a little bit, but I think I'm going to, I think that's the design I'm going to go with. It and I'm going to try that whole trap door thing. Hmm? Your design looks a lot like a siege tower. You know, I was this close to making a siege tower. I was because it would be multifunctional. I could use it in Warhammer. I could use it in D&D. I could mm -hmm. use it as just a regular dice tower for any game. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and I was definitely, on. I was like I said, I was this close because I have, you know, a ton of scenery bits and stuff like that. I could throw fantasy bits that I could throw on it. Mm -hmm. But I figured the the futuristic but i figured everybody else was going to do something fantasy so i went with sci-fi you know? i'm going rustic yeah mm -hmm. so i thought about making one out of this it's one of those uh spice containers big ones yeah, yeah. you could do it yeah i'm just going to do it for fun i'm not going to enter a competition why not Oh, now, now JD wants to be the judge. There's no prize. There's no prize for this competition. Oh, this, but it'll, it'll just take fun. me longer. I think we should have a competition every month. <laughs> That's what I was saying. Like a painting, painting. Hey, hate back. Uh, way to go, hate. It's all right. Now we know Zero doesn't like to reach around. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like reach arounds, bro. That's not my style. <laughs> <laughs> Don't give a brother a hand. Do not give a brother a hand. It's funny, I could say on your own, guys. You, Joe, but I'll hop out. Is what hate says. Oh, so uh, zero. Mm -hmm. Here's these. Tell me what you think. Hang on one sec. What do you want me hand on to? Not me. What's up? What's that? What is that? This is your paint holder. Oh, that's cool. Not one. <laughs> nice. What is that? What is that thing on the top? Okay, so. This here, mm -hmm. you basically uh, tilt the lid, like you lift up the lid, mm -hmm. and it somehow uh, keeps it open. Whoa. So, like, I guess you put it like this, then you tilt the lid. That's cool. And bam. Because yeah, that's a big problem with those pots, man. The lid, they just pop right yeah. back, close right up. Well, the, uh, I, think the, I think this is the design you said you wanted. Mm -hmm. So. Well, I got some. Uh, just a few right now, but I got a couple paints for you too. Mm -hmm. Oh, those are definitely citadels. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sending you some paints, JD. So, oh, so extras, I, got, I got more coming. I just have to open them up and do the review on the box. Uh -huh. I got. But yeah, I got you a couple extra paints of my colors. I just those are the ones I had extra that I haven't opened. So I'm gonna send them to you. So you got it. You know, you can mess with those colors and see what you think about that acrylic. All right, I'll message you my email. I'll message you my address. I got you. I already got it. <laughs> hey, JD. Uh, yeah. hate, hate says make us mods. Make us mods on what? What do you? I don't know how to do that. Like on the stream. Zero looks Amish. What if he is Amish? Who cares? No, I'm not. I gotta cut my. I gotta cut my hair. I actually gonna make an appointment with a barber to actually clean this up. This is it's getting wild. I gotta cut my hair. I actually gonna make an appointment with a barber. <laughs> okay, so let's see here. I I had to mute one of them because it was echoing back on the other one. Yeah, I got my headphones in so that I don't pick that up. Yeah. Okay. Save as a mod. 
Why does he want a mod? Over more than mod. I guess to that, I don't know. You can tell people to shut up. Probably. <laughs> so they want to be your moderators. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I'm too I'm too good of a heckler though. No, don't. Hate will kick me. I won't kick blue. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey, now Blue's a good guy. I, I have that rant. A bit. He, he is a good guy. I like yeah. Blue. Dude, this whole community is good. Down to earth. I like him. He's yeah. Just, I like how everybody's been help, helping out everybody and stuff. No, me too, man. When, listen, when I started this channel, um, you know, originally I started it for my friends, and I started it to be like, hey, you know, my buddy Eric, was he lives out in Wakanda. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, Eric, I got this new, these are the miniatures I got. I wanted you to see them because I always see them like once every three or four months. And I wasn't going to wait, wasn't going to wait. Uh, like yeah, my wife says, well, time to forever. Um, Wakanda forever. I'm not going to wait like six months to see him to take all my new shit to show him all this new shit. So I was like, I'll just do it on a YouTube because I had the channel. As soon as you sign up for Google, you get the channel, you know, you get, an, you get a YouTube account. So I was like, well, I'll just put it on YouTube send it to them and they'll see what I have and we can talk about it, you know? And it just went from there and I started realizing I have an entire closet full of fucking toys, games, collectibles, you know, so much stuff. I'm like, why don't I just talk about this shit? I love the shit. I love talking about it. You know, all this stuff, the, the role-playing stuff. And I'll be honest, until I got onto the Discord with you guys, I was very, I did very few D&D things because I was on the fence about it. You know, it was one of my hobbies, but I was like, I don't really want to talk about Dungeons and Dragons to the point where I'm going to be corrected constantly because I know Dungeons and Dragons, but I don't know it. Know it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Don't listen to the rules, lawyers. Verbatim, I'm not. Here. So, and that's the thing. I don't, I don't have the patience for people like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially once I got sick, I was like, look, I'm not, I'm not dealing with anybody's BS anymore. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just a delete immediately. I'm not messing with it. You know what I'm saying? You don't like what I have to say, that's fine. You don't have to watch or listen, but I'll be damned if I'm gonna let somebody, you know, belittle me or disregard me over some some minor rules adjustments or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So I really wasn't like skeptical about talking about the end. But my buddies, you know, they're like, just do it. You have a lot of experience, just talk about the experience, you know, and stuff like that. So that's where I'm at now. I'm like, okay, let me formulate something so that I can contribute to the DD community too, because I don't just want to put stuff out there that's just here, you know, this whatever I want. It. It's got to be creative. It's got to be productive, right? Like it's got to be something worthwhile, someone clicking on. Otherwise, you know, just wasting space. You know. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. That's just me, you know. But like I said, it wasn't until I got into the community with you guys that I actually started. Like, okay, I do have information. Let me start formulating what I want to put out there for this part of my hobby. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, same here. Like. I'm lucky. If, honestly, I'm lucky if I get two videos out a month. And I'm like, I thought about just stopping. Then I'm like, you know, if I could just live stream once a week and maybe put out a video another week, I'm fine now. Dude, I really, honestly, I would focus like you. What you're focusing on on your on your tech. Uh huh. You know, I would do that because there's a like lot of stuff. Tech for about. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you talked about that I had no clue was there. I'm old school. I use pen and paper. You know what I'm saying? I used my laptop for the last campaign to track hit points and initiative and to play music for my group. 
and to quick reference a monster manual or drag economicon or whatever you know what i'm saying but yeah i never used tech i didn't use you know uh critical whatever the the the, the app is the, the online apps you, can, you know maps and, and characters and all that i didn't do any of that stuff and i didn't let my players use online stuff either because it was like no if it's here physically we have access to it you know if you have access to it online you have access to change things little by little and i used to have players even back in the day with pen and paper you rub out a number and put in a different number you wouldn't even notice it till like three levels later you're like wait a minute how do you have that number show me the math you know what i'm saying and then they're like oh well I, oh, oops. Right. See, that's yeah. why I keep all my player folders. Me too. I keep the character sheets. They stay with me until the end of the campaign. And mm -hmm. If we're done, you want them, you can have them. But up until then, I keep them because, and I make sure that I'm there during the level change process. Mm -hmm. I just let people do it at home. Like, oh, take it home, you level up, then come back. But then you'd have that mistake. Oh, I made a mistake in my map. Okay, but that mistake cost us like two levels of you. You know that weren't wasn't a challenge for you then. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, yeah. it, it for everybody. When you you dedicate that, an entire session yeah. or a half a session mm -hmm. to level up, yeah. learning new spells, learning mm -hmm. new skills, stuff like that. Because too many people can get in there. They they can get confused. Miscommunication right. is the biggest derailer in a game. See, it I, really is. I'm not gonna lie. I like having tech at the table for the music and stuff. And like some of my uh, one of my players, he has D and D on, so he has the books there and stuff. But I also have the physical books, so I'm. I guess I'm. I guess what you would call it, a hybrid DM then. Well, yeah. Well, see, I don't allow tech at my games mm -hmm. because people get distracted by Facebook Messenger. They're checking. They're checking their. Uh, <laughs> my phone's not even turning on for some reason. You know, I got plugged in. And, Music is too distracting because someone's going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, that's cool. No, 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 no. We're paying attention to what we're doing here because we've only got so much time to get this taken care of. So, you know, I'm only, I've only got two hours today. I got two hours next week. I got two hours the following week right. that I can do this in. And I've got four hours worth of information stuck in my head that I read this week. Yeah. I don't want to forget it. I love one of my players. I let one of my players know, like I had to control the music and stuff, but yet we ha we're lucky if we have like three three hours to play. Mm -hmm. So one of my players was like, "Hey, let me control the music." I'm like, "You know what? Go for it." He goes on YouTube. I, I describe the battle. He goes, "Ah, brings up the music." I'm like, "Dude, that is perfect." Yeah, see, I, I honestly okay, I've just I've new experience in playing with different groups and learning different people. I had people with autism in my group. I had people with Asperger's, you know, so I had people with ADHD. So it's very difficult to wrangle that group of people. And I mean, you throw a ping pong ball at the table, they are lost. They're gone. That's yes, it. They right. Over, you know? right. Uh, and, that's, and that's all the table veterans group I have. Now, and now with smartphones, it's immediate access to everything you want to see mm -hmm. in that moment. So Cell phones are down. What I usually do, my sessions usually start with, you know, obviously I set up before everybody gets there. So I got my screens, I got my dice, I got my monsters loaded up for what I'm going to use. I actually, what I'll do is just, this is my monster, basically. It's an initiative roll, hit points, and uh, Thaco, you know, whatever their Thaco. Not, I don't use Thaco, but you know what I'm saying. Like, their, their bonus to hit and hit. That's all my monsters are. I don't go in the monster like you. because I've, I've read it already, and mm -hmm. I know what they're capable of. I know what their combat situations are. So I generally try to use monsters that like, okay, 
I know what this is. I almost very rarely use a random encounter monster, and if I do, then I have the monster manual, you know, whatever. But generally, everything's on a post-it. On my Dungeon Master screen, the computer is already sitting there keyed up to my music, right? Like, I already have it. It's there. So it's just a click, you know what I mean? My dice are here. The only thing I need is the players to sit down and welcome to the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Now, nine times out of ten, that first hour is a wash. Because if, if most of my friends haven't seen each other for weeks, you know, some months, so as soon as they sit at the table, no matter, we're not talking. We're going into Dungeons & Dragons. They, you know, oh, yeah, this one time last week, they start talking, and then it becomes a situation where everybody's telling a story around the table, and it takes an, almost an hour for everybody to settle into the world. So mm -hmm. I try to wrangle that as much as possible. That's the hardest part. So everything I can do, books, stats, numbers, encounters, where they're going, like I, I try to figure out where I'm starting at in this that day and where I have to end that day. Like where the cliffhanger is going to be because you have to end it in the cliffhanger. If you don't end yeah. it in the cliffhanger or, you know, like the campaign's over type thing, like this adventure specifically over so you're at the tavern relaxing. If you don't end it with a cliffhanger, players don't want to come back. You know, right. they have that, that, that tendency yeah. to be like, hey, it's not as important to come back because there's really nothing going on in D&D. But if you leave them with a cliffhanger, you leave them with a gas, then they're okay. Then when the next time they come back, there's no hour long chit chat. There's let's go, let's make this happen. I want to know what's going to happen next, and that's you know I've learned that that's how I have to roll that ball for them because otherwise you know we we could, we'll get together for D and D and be sitting there talking about Star Wars the whole time, literally like that. that I'm surprised happen. you don't play Star Wars. You know, I don't mind it. I think it's a cool system. You know, uh, especially the newer version. I just. I know a lot of people don't like they don't like playing in a game that they don't have effect over the major storyline and the star wars is such a familiar storyline everyone knows we all know now what happens from the very beginning to the very end and if your players don't feel like they're impacting that at all even if it's they see a special character if they don't feel like they're impacting it they're eventually going to lose interest in it you know that's my my I, you know that's what i've experienced it doesn't mean it does everybody it's just what i've come across so generally I try not to play games that like have a set genre like that. You know what I'm saying? Like Star Wars or uh, you know, there's other games out there that, that you know they, they they're based off like Evil Dead, there's a there's a role playing game for that just uh, you know, stuff like that. So I try to just you know, D and D was the biggest that everybody wanted to play at the time. Like I played Cyberpunk, which is very Blade Runner ish. Right. But I think that's fun. You know, it's but the guy who wrote Cyberpunk is also the guy who co-wrote Blade Runner. So that's why they're so similar. You know what I'm saying? That's why, Makes sense. Yeah. So that's that's just me. But, you know, and plus I don't do a lot of role playing. You know, I, um, I have so many other hobbies. It's like if I were to dedicate that much time to role playing, I would do nothing else. You know what I mean? Because running, as you guys know, as a GM or a dungeon master, you're not just saturday from 12 to 4. you know your saturday from 12 to 4 then you go home everybody goes home you go sunday you start planning for next saturday 12 to 4. yep all, the time all up here going not stop until friday you know but sometimes not even that you know what i mean in life and everything else mm -hmm. that's it's like a full-time job almost yeah yeah, yeah. exactly but the interviews are is a full-time job because you got so much planning you gotta do I, I, I read I redo my players' character sheets. 
The, I, I take them and I print them out for them so it's legible. That's nice. Yeah. Because I've got everything on PDF, you know. Why not use I, the fillable PDFs? I have a player. I had a player. I love him to death. One of my one of my best friends, uh, my buddy Eric. He his first character sheet, man. We we changed it like six level because that's when the sheet looks like garbage, you know, for everybody. But this guy's sheet, man, it literally looked like a child just scribbled the entire sheet black mm. because he had so many doodles on his character sheet, so many drawings on his fucking character sheet. The only thing legible was his stats. And it's just, it was just like, dude, I still have the character sheet. I'm like, dude, how did you even fucking read this thing? He's like, I'm just used to it. And sure, he's been looking at it for six levels. You know what I mean? I'm like, God damn, dude. I'm like, I don't even notice you drawing at the table. Like, I don't, but he does it. <laughs> He's doodling while I'm talking and, and you know, with other players. He, he's over there drawing pictures. I'm like, <laughs> I thought about Starfinder. I must jump, almost jumped in all the way, but got gun shy. I need my players wanting to play that kind of game. Starfinder looks fun. What is it? Starfinder. It's um, Paizo's version of sci fi DD, basically. Mm. Like, like Shadowrun almost. Mm, I, I don't know. I never played Shadowrun. Shadowrun is basically uh, cyberpunk, like you know, future, but they also have magic, so they have orcs and elves and dwarves. You know, I, things like I that. guess so. Yeah. But um, it's like it takes place in the same universe as Pathfinder. Mm, okay. But in the in the future, like nobody yeah, yeah. knows what it's happened. Their, it's their future game. Yeah. So okay. yeah, maybe like Spelljammer. Yeah, like Spelljammer. Yep. Mm, more high tech, I guess. Um. Games have I played them? Cyberpunk. There's there's so many different games I've played. Um, and my buddies, my my old school GM, um, you know, he's the guy that taught me how to DM and where I got all my experience from. See, you're um, lucky. I'm still learning. And you, got, you have you have tons of experience at your disposal. Yes. You just gotta ask. You just gotta ask. Man, look, we don't all know fifth edition that well, uh-huh. but we know how to DM. Yes. You know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. that's that's just dude, you just reach your hand in the bucket and pull out information. That's that's up to you. You know what I'm saying. That's totally your call, brother. I mean, you know. yeah. I mean, look at all the knowledge that you <laughs> yeah. have access to yep. between well, you know. myself, zero, uh, blue, eight, uh, Cujo. Uh, Cujo. You know what I mean? Cujo was running a game. He was running a game last night. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't ran a game in a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? I've been prepping, but I haven't ran a game in a couple of years. You know, so, but I mean, what's there? I know how to get it done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could yeah. I could jump in on somebody's game that they've been running for three or four weeks, and they can say, "Man, I need you to fill in as DM for me. I've got something I got to take care of. Give me the information. I'm going to read it. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to run it." I actually, the, uh, a couple weeks ago on a Saturday night, I went to my buddy's house, my old GM, my old Dungeons and Dragons group. I think I posted a picture on Facebook. I haven't played with these guys in a, over a decade. Mm-hmm. Okay, We sat down to play the new Cyberpunk Red, and we, I fell in like, uh, like a Lego brick. You know what I'm saying? Like we fell in and clicked immediately. Like we, we got through the game, we got through the adventure. For that day and it was just like it was like it was 12 years ago mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? so 
Yeah, I, ha- I can I can jump in on people's games as a player or a GM if they need help. I've co-GM'd as well, you know, because like the party likes to split up and okay, we're gonna go do this now and this you know the part I'm gonna manage and you know I've done that too. You know, I don't like doing that, but I've done it. You know? I like it one GM, one storyline, you know, one person at the helm. You know what I'm saying? You got yeah. too hands to the suit. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, see, my, uh, having a co-GM too because if you get into some of those situations where your party comes into a room and half of them are teleported one place, another half's teleported somewhere else. You know, because there's, there's several dungeons out there between Greyhawk and Forgotten Realms and Spelljammer and all those others where you might split everybody up in your five different rooms. And then how do you work that back into play? You right. Know? So you have to have code, <laughs> code DM in there to go, okay, well, okay, you do this group, I do this group, because we know how it's going to work out because you could have two people go over here and two people go over there, you know? Well, I, you know, we used to, I, it's a, it's a thing that I try to discourage, honestly, when it comes to my groups, I, I always discourage splitting the party um, because here's the thing, like I said before, those challenge ratings, right? That, that challenge rating five monster is for four people of fifth level. Mm-hmm. If two of those people are gone. Now that challenge rating just became a 10 for two people. Right. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm like, well, you're, you're putting yourself at a, such a high risk. And then asking me to fix the problem once you've created it, mm-hmm. it's probably better not to split up. You know, so nine times out of ten, the group will they'll stay together unless it's something in the story that requires them to split up. And I very rarely do that. I have done it, but I very rarely do it. I don't I don't like to purposely split up the party, but there's just sometimes, you know, when it's not super threatening that I'll say, Okay, you you know, you, you guys are gonna need to do this and the cleric and the druid are gonna need to go do while they're doing this, you guys should go do this or that. You know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll let them figure out their whatever teams they're going to make. But generally, I try not to let them split up. Because you, I used to have players all the time. Well, I'm going to go over here and do this. The rogue is always the person. The person who plays the rogue is always the motherfucker that wants to wander off. The ranger. You get treasure while nobody else is looking. Just like, dude, what's your goal? Is your goal to fuck the group over? Because if that's your goal, you're going to win. Right, because you're gonna go get the secret treasure, magic items, whatever. You're gonna lie to the group. They know you. They know you're lying because everyone's sitting at the damn table. So the characters don't know that they're lying. You know. So and people who don't want to be called metagamers, you know, they look at why can't call the thief out for lying. But I know that motherfucker. And that's that just ruins the relationship between the players too, because now no one's gonna trust that guy, and that guy's gonna learn eventually. Like shit, no one trusts me. Well, I don't want to play anymore. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, you did that to yourself. You know what I mean? Like that, you ruined the suit for yourself. I was in a situation like that too, where the thief had to go in there. He had to do his thing every single time. And you're like, dude, I could use that for my magic user. Or, hey, my fighter could really use that. You know, the thief's already got it. Oh, come on, man. Right, and that's the thing. Like, it's like who decided that it was the thief's job to dictate who got what? You know what I mean? Like, no, it's just because he sprung the trap. That's part of your job. That's part of your resources for the group. Like the cleric who decided it was the cleric's responsibility to heal everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't have to. Lawful good doesn't mean I am a slave to your whims. That just means I believe in doing the right thing within the law. That right. doesn't mean I'm your personal nurse, you know. And I had players like Cleric, roll up, do your thing, and it's like Cleric's like, 
no, I'm fighting too. I'm taking damage and giving damage. Like well, see, that, I, I talk players. I, I seriously, I'll take a player if they want to play a lawful good cleric. I'll pop them out of it and say go lawful neutral. Yeah. Well, like in because the, there's too many different ways a lawful good character will get screwed. Yeah. Well, like um, that so online thing that hopefully we're going to be doing pretty soon. I made a cleric, but I made a forge cleric. So he's not a healer. He's a, more like an attacker with a little bit of healing spells, but he mainly focuses on attacking. That's the one class. Like I don't care what they say. You know how they tell you you can make a group comprised of any type of class. It's the one class I think a group should always have is a cleric. Oh yeah. You don't, you don't have a cleric. It's on the GM. I mean, you can do it as a GM. Here's potions of healing. Here's you know herbs of healing. You can throw you know a sandwich of healing, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right. But you're doing that much more work. When a cleric could just be like, all right, everybody lay hands. <laughs> go. Yeah. Yeah. At fifth edition, everyone has a healer's kit. Here you go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they, had, they had them in 3.5. They had healers kits in 3.5, but you had to get like uh, you had to be proficient in it or something like. It was like you just had to have a skill in it. You know what I mean? Like you had to develop your healing skill, and then with a healers kit, you got more bonuses to the amount of damage you could heal. Yeah. You know, well, the kit thing them. came out in second edition. Yeah, yeah. There's also in fifth edition. There's a rule um, for healing. Um, let me see if I can find it. Options, events, options. Here we go. Is this it? Uh, healing. Uh, there's healing kit, healing surges, and slow natural healing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, slow natural healing is just like resting and getting so many hit points back yeah. per night. Yeah. Um, the healing surge is like that started in fourth edition, I think. That wasn't that a fourth edition thing, like surges. Surges were a fourth so. edition thing. Four, surges and cantrips. And they kept that from fourth edition. But those well, were cantrips actually uh, came out in uh, Dungeon Magazine back in the 70s. Oh, and they really? didn't and they didn't become a thing until second edition. Huh. Just like kids. They became a thing in second edition. Wow. Cujo. <laughs> I try my best not to have to split up, but once I do, I don't hold back. Do not rattle Cujo's cage. You know what, As Cujo? Matter, I'll, I'll find the Dungeon Magazine that actually has that in it. and, and uh Cujo, um, to be honest with you, dude, I feel the same way. I feel like if my players are not bamboozled, right, if I didn't trick them into doing something and they willingly do that, then they're on their own. Like, that's that's my – it's like, yo, you wrote, you wrote this book. You're yep. going to read it. That's just it. That's just – you made the bed. Now you got a lion. You know, and it's happened. Like, I've had, I've had dwarven fighters, full plate mail jump in the water to do something because they thought they could and it's like can you swim do you have endurance like yo you just sank like an anchor man like you don't have magical armor why did you do that you know i'm like are you sure you want to do this why don't you let the barbarian who can swim has no heavy armor and knows how to, and has endurance to do that no i, I can do it I'm a, I'm a you know powerful dwarf i'm like all right man have at it like, Bro, you're just saying <laughs> You know, and then you drown. You take this much damage. You drown. Oh, I'm dead. Oh well. Guess what happens when you do stupid shit? Yeah. You know, and it wasn't a punishment thing. It was just like, dude, I. This is not. This is the damage for when you're drowning. This is it right here. It says it right here. You yeah. drown, like because you made a simple, and 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 arrogant mistake. I can't help you. You know what I mean? Like that's that's on you, players. If they choose to make those mistakes, then you can't you can't baby them. You gotta hey, look, there it is. Your game is over, my dude. Until until you get resurrected, like or make another is. character. 
Or yeah, that. Um, so what do you guys do when you, when, when a player loses a character, do you let them create a brand new character right away? Like from, cause I don't let people create multiple characters at the beginning of a campaign. I don't do that at all. If you got one character, this is what we're going to run. If you miss, cause basically I feel like if you let them create multiple characters, they don't care about these characters. Mm -hmm. They have no feeling, no empathy, no attachment. And they just, uh, this is just player one. This is just player two. Player three is going to be a wizard. You know, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And then right. that goes, that actually translates into the group itself, right? Because if that guy doesn't give a shit about his character, mm -hmm. what makes you think he's going to care about yours? You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, yeah. the, here's the thing. I learned in role-playing games in general, live-action role-playing games, tabletop role-playing games, online role-playing games, the truth will out. The person you're playing with online, that's their true nature. I have found that out, man. If they're a shysty opportunist, they're going to play a shysty opportunist. If they're playing a shysty opportunist, they're playing they're themselves. Play that's what they are in real life. Mm -hmm. They can let that, that persona out without judgment because it's a character. But that's that's what it is. You got to, you have, as a DM, you have to look out for that type of shit. I've had to ask people to leave because they were that kind of person. Zero inhibitions. Yeah, it's just like, well, I can be whoever I want now. I can be who I really am. And I can use the guys as this is the character, and that's how I'm playing it. But no, motherfucker, that's you. <laughs> that's you because your mama didn't raise you right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're going to ruin it for everybody else. See, at the I don't have that problem because, like, my players, yes. I know them. I've known them for years and stuff. Uh, like, uh, my cousin, uh, well, in my first campaign, my uh, play, uh, friends I played WoW with and stuff, smart. These guys, uh, when it came to battles, they was very tactical. Okay, I need to do this, so I got to move this. You know, they they were like three steps ahead of me. <laughs> and, and it was, oh. So I pulled it. I went Kate, to go says he's, Kate says he's not a cutthroat in real life, but he likes playing cutthroat. I don't believe that, Hate. I don't believe that at all. Dude, we need to start that game. I believe you could cut a throat, my dude. We need to start that game. Yeah, you remember I said that um, Cantrips came out first edition? Yeah. Uh -huh. it, was, it was in Dragon Magazine number 59. Ah. Uh, page 8. Uh, back in 1982, written by Gygax himself. What is it? What, what, what were cantrips back then? Uh, it's called Cantrips Minor Magics for Would-Be Wizards is the name of the article. Okay, so they were exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. It had stuff like that. shine, polish, tie, uh, see what else, chill, clean, color, dampen, dry, dust. Fake yeah. news. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's that, just you know what that stuff is? that could be useful. That's that Harry Potter magic. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's that, you know, one, two, three, and then, okay, it's done. That's that's what yeah. that is. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. Yeah, it's, <laughs> not like, it's not like today where, oh, let's see. Oh, uh, I cast this cantrip. Oh, it does 1d10 damage. <laughs> hey. Cantrips, cantrips but I go are, to cast a spell, it only does uh, 1d6. Cantrips are a fucking ammunition now. <laughs> yeah, they are. Eric Blast, motherfucker. Like when the rogue is doing cantrips, like, you're like, oh, here we go. Right, and then you got assist cast on you too, you know, yeah. and then you got your bard giving you inspiration, and you're like, "Oh wow, uh, just a minute, that one d10 spell uh, now does, oh, uh, 
one d ten plus fifty. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know what I, you meant. Hey, I I I, I totally knew yeah. what you meant, bro. I was just messing with you. I know you, bro. I got you. See you, mate. Yeah. I'm I'm not hating on fifth edition at all. I mean, I, I like all editions except for fourth. Man, I think it was a dog. Fourth was oh my god, dude. I, <laughs> Why did everybody hate fourth? It was it because, because it was more like the video games. It was no, it was like World of, World of Warcraft. They were trying yeah. to get. They were literally and 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 openly trying to get the World of Warcraft crew. Uh -huh. Into Dungeons and Dragons because that was such a huge community at the time. I mean, we're talking people were paying to play that game, so they were trying to get that community over to the Dungeons and Dragons table, and they simplified the game and tactical. You know, they made it more tactical for that group of people, for that mindset of people, and it worked. There was a lot of my friends who were not into Dungeons and Dragons as heavily as we were, and they were players on PC, and they jumped on Fourth Edition because it had that element of video game mechanics to it instant gratification press a button and stuff happens you know what well, I mean? that's, that's what it was and i just i played it twice i tried it twice and i gave it because i was like this dnd i have to like it's i have to do it i have to try and see if this works for me you know what i'm saying because if i didn't try it i'd be like okay i can't talk shit about it i can't say anything about it because right. i didn't try so i did and i was both times two different gms and i was just like man this is just not there's something wrong I'm a miniature, I play miniature war games, tabletop mm -hmm. war games. So tactics is in my nature, you know what I'm saying? But right, you're this, a LARPer, right? I, I play, I've, I've played a little bit of LARPing games, yes. I played like Vampire the Masquerade back in the day, and now I play the, we play once a year, uh, this game called Freefall. It's a Firefly-based game mm -hmm. um, that we use like Nerf guns. And it, it's, a, it's a blast, man. It's a blast. Um, so I love doing that, but yeah, I've, you know, all types of games, board games, all that stuff. I love tactical games, but there was just something wrong with Dungeons and Dragons. There was just something wrong with it. I, I couldn't put my finger on it, and I just wound up staying away from it because of it. Well, and obviously, it, can't, it, it didn't last long. It was only a couple of years, and then fifth was already on the horizon. So it was like, okay, that tells you there was something wrong, and they figured it out. Yeah, they, they knew the mechanic was shot. It was broken. The, the the day the uh, the first book came out, that thing was broken. Because if you if you look at the DMG from first edition, second edition, that that explained a lot of stuff in great detail, and it also confused the hell out of people. Yeah, if you didn't know this is what it is. It was like trying to give a third grader. Um, you see, that was. That was, I think, the biggest problem with Dungeons and Dragons when it's with its inception. Like, okay, so Gygax and his friends, they used to play tabletop miniature games. They used to play Wait, war games. games. The, the war games. Yeah, with they like wanted, They wanted more detail, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they basically took a picture of the battle, they shrunk it down to the main, like the captain. Right, and they mm -hmm. said, "What? Who is this guy? Why is he this way? What is it about him that makes him the captain?" Let's tell a story about that guy. Dungeons and Dragons, Chainmail. Chainmail came out. Then mm -hmm. Dungeons and Dragons because they wanted to, you know, expand on the, that that world, that mm -hmm. realm, and the, the possibility of one character changing the course of the world. Right, like that. That was the whole point. The problem was when they did that. Great, you know, they put so much in between first. In advanced second edition, people, the, the general populace, 
were not interested at all. There was just way too much information. You were just overloaded with numbers, stats, and character classes, and titles, and what is this, and who, how many types of rogues are there? What is the difference between a rogue and an assassin? It was just too overwhelming for me. So a right. lot of people are like, no, 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 no. That's some voodoo magic. I don't want to have nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, now when, when three came out, they took a lot of that stuff and simplified it and said, okay, we're going to give you some tactical stuff. So we get rid of the whole theater of the mind thing, but we're going to give you, you know, you're still going to have your numbers and your stats and doing your math. You're going to learn math, at D&D, right? Because as a, you learn quick math, right, you, you have to learn the math. You have to learn fast math, right? So mm-hmm. you got to know what two plus twenty plus two plus three is, and you got to do that quick, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and three five came out, and then they started. They they, they realized from three that three five was like, okay, there's there's problems with three. We got to fix that. Four came out. They simplified it even more, mm-hmm. you know, so that more people could play. It was super right. dumbed down. Big it time. was, and I think fifth was their attempt at fixing what they did with fourth, but giving you what you had in in three and three five. Right. Three, three, five there's was, still some broken systems in five. Sure, sure, absolutely. And there's gonna be there's whenever you're dealing with numbers, mm-hmm. there's always gonna be problems. There's gonna mm-hmm. be holes. There's gonna be issues with, uh, you know. I didn't put this piece together with this piece and realize that this was way OP, right? Like right. that's that's always what happens, right? It takes that one player who's a tacticianist or who's who's got a fucking ADHD, right? Or who's who's got Asperger's and is like, okay, they can look at numbers and say, no, I see a formula that will give me the min-max character, right? right? Like they know it's usually a game breaker. It's usually like the the DM is kind of like, whoa, I didn't even see that coming. Right, and it's fun when the DM can do that, though. <laughs> sure, I mean, because then you can, you can. Look, a dragon is a dragon in the book. It's got mm-hmm. stats or whatever. It's basically a stat block with some cool moves, right? But it doesn't have to be. There's no. nothing in that book, in the Dungeon Master's book, that says that dragon has to be that dragon. No, that dragon can actually be an elf. That it dragon can be, can be whatever you, as a GM, deem it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it says. Dragons can't polymorph into humans. Well, guess what? Mines can. Right, because so story purposes happens in my world. Right, they can. You know, and that's just you know, I've had players literally because they buy all the books. You know, they want to know everything, right? They're they going to be to the death. And and then it's like, well, vampires can't do that. They can't fucking walk on water. I'm like, well, first of all, regular vampires can't. But this specific vampire that I created through the monster manual. Can walk on water, so you have to find another way around killing this monster if you're going to kill this monster, right? Like, they, right. and they, he was just he just couldn't accept it that it's just breaking the rules. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm just changing things so that there is a good story to tell. When you're done with this campaign, you're going to remember that vampire. Right now, that vamp that now that vampire could have on boots of water walking. And I didn't even I didn't even give him that. It was just an ability that he was granted because right. he's a vampire lord. So I was like, no, this guy's like ancient, and he's not gonna have the same stats as the guy in the monster manual. Mm-hmm. No fucking way. He's ancient. He's been there for his children are everywhere. So you're not gonna no. He's not gonna have the same weaknesses. It's like Dracula versus a regular, you know, blade vampire. Dracula could fucking be stabbed with a stake many times and not be killed. People right. Like, well, that's the whole no. Dracula, he's not good at all. It's fantasy, man. It's fantasy flow. <laughs> Where did what's his name go? 
Uh, he excused himself a little bit ago. I think he had to go take care of one of his kids. There he is. Oh, he's got a map behind him. That's totally cool. I didn't know. I just noticed yeah, that. Yeah, I made that. Nice. Yeah. Yep. What did you make that? Was that paper? Is that what is that? No, it's actually a program called Incarnate. I've uh, I watched WABS twenty. Are you using a green screen? Yeah. My dude. That's cool, man. The garage. Uh, put it back. Put it back. I know it looks better, right? <laughs> nice job, though. That's cool. That is very cool. I made myself. I like that. I was that bed sheet? Green fabric. I got a uh, closet thing from like Walmart. Cramps. So it ran me probably about twenty bucks total. That's that's not bad, dude. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. I haven't hooked my green screen up in a long time just because I ran out of room. That's that, when we were talking last time. That's what I wanted to mention. I totally forgot. I had a brain. I had an elder brain moment. Was elder brain <laughs> for, the, for the game of free fall. You know, um, I wanted to get a green screen so that I could make some videos on in character with the you know the ship in the background or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. to explain to new players so we could have video content on the website to explain to new players how rules work, like so how the medical rules work, how the smuggling rules work, and things like that, but do it in character with the green screen. You know what I'm saying? So that mm -hmm. they can go to the website, click on, okay, this is the medical rules. And then you know, it'd be me or somebody else saying, okay, this is how you would apply medical rules and this is the, the cards you use and whatever, whatever. You know, these are, these are the rules for you know, uh, fist fighting and, and free fall, you know, and this is how you do it, you know, and, and that's it, you know. Um, so that was, that was, that was my brain fart. Yeah. It's the only thing with the green screen though, you got to make sure your lighting's just right. Yeah. With everything. Like right now I'm just using my shop light. Okay. So I, I'm only getting light from basically one side. If I go, if I have my, I don't have the fancy lights, like a, Rod here has. Mm -hmm. I've oh, got, like, no, that's that's rings. just a refraction off the wall from from a lamp in the room. <laughs> oh, I, got, I uh, use a cheap, uh, I, yeah, I use a cheap little lamp mm -hmm. on one side of me, my shop light, and uh, you normally know, I have another light on the other side. I've got an entire mobile studio kit. <laughs> like if I if I turn off like my garage light, they so had. There's one on, I saw one on Amazon for it's like two fifty and it comes with a green screen, all the frames, the clamps, comes with two of the huge uh, filtered lights, you know, mm -hmm. stand, all the stands for everything. I was I was thinking about that, but it's two fifty and it's, it's yeah. You know. Well, if you want, if you're on a budget, honestly, seventy bucks on Wish. How much? Seventy bucks on Wish. Oh, I'm not so green that screen out. and lights. Green all screen, right. lights, stand. I'm gonna check it out. All of it. And you get three screens. You get a white screen, a black, a black screen, and a green screen. Okay. They don't. They don't have a factory edge on them though, or a sewed edge. Right. So you got to do it yourself. Right. And if you get a heat source anywhere near it, you're gonna get pinholes. Mm. Okay. So when you, you go to steam it to keep to get the wrinkles out of it, don't get your steamer too close to it, or else you're gonna like burn little holes in it that's right there in the shape of that steamer. Mm. I've done it to mine. What material is this? Like, what is that? Here's one for ten bucks. You know what? Let me see. 
Hang on. Let me turn on my screen share. Close your porn tabs. Uh, no, I'm going to keep him up. Hey, I got a jet, man. I'll catch you guys later, all right? All right. Take and just in. remember, grab that D8 and roll damage. You got it. I got an eight. <laughs> so right here, um, zero. Yeah. One, just the material itself for $10. Woven fabric, solid color green, photo backdrop studio. Perfect. You just get the material. Is that Wish? No, this is Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Okay. Um, here's one, a 9 by 15 one. It's for 33. Mine is only six feet, and I got it draped over because I got a small area. Here's one with studio lights and stuff for $100. Huh. You know, here's another one for it. Click on that one with the studio lights. If you don't mind. No, because I'm I'm gonna look at it too. Yeah, that looks like the set that I, I have on my wish list, but it's like two fifty on mine. Huh. Let's see here. I'm gonna have to check that shit out. Mini cam. If that's the case, I got some money for Christmas. I might put it towards that to give me a give me this just make, kit. Just make sure you have a use for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's that's the reason why I've been holding off on a green screen because yeah, I want to make sure it's well, going to be used. I use like the my homemade one. I use it. If you notice, in, like in a lot of my videos and stuff, I use it quite a bit, and I can just roll it off to the side. Hmm. So I don't have to put it. I don't have to take it down. I can just roll it off, still park the car in and stuff. Yeah. See, I got the same thing. See? Let me see, same thing, but it's 245. But I have the large, I have it selected to large. Let me see. Uh, yeah, what's let me see what this is at. See, but if I go to the smallest, small, see, still, this is the three color backdrops. See, the small is still 145 or 150. You don't live in Canada, do you? No, you don't live in Canada. No, I'm in I'm in US, brother. Then why is mine cheaper? Are you in Canada? No, right? No. I live in Missouri. Maybe it's the manufacturer. I gotta look. I'll keep I'll look some more, but that that's weird. Yeah, I just type in green screen. Hmm. But yeah. That's strange. Gundam, Gundam sticker. Nice. Put that on your car. Nah, she won't let me put it on the car, so I'm gonna put it on the computer. <laughs> no, no, no stickers on the car. <laughs> oh, I have a, a Comic Con a couple years ago. My wife bought a couple of those uh, window decals, and one's of the uh, TARDIS, and the mm -hmm. other one is the uh, says underneath it says my other right is the TARDIS. I'm like, yeah, my wife knows me too well. Honey, my uh, we're we're watching. We're going through the twelfth doctor now because my wife saw watched the thirteenth, so she wanted to go back and watch, you know, the other one. So we're finishing up the twelfth now, and there's going to be a movie premiere of um, the first episode of the new season for the thirteenth doctor. So we might go see that. I thought about that, but I got to work on when it comes out. Mm. But I have John Berman's autograph. 
Billy Piper's autograph. Yeah. And Arthur Duvall's autograph. Every time uh, the uh, Karen Gillian was at uh, Comic Con one year. Let's see here. He's not opening the tab. Hate. <laughs> Sigh. Prime. No, I don't have Prime. Hate. I, I do. Yeah, uh, Prime is the way to go, man. If you if you order anything more than once from Amazon, you you should just go with Prime. Yeah. See, I just. As anything I get is over always 25, so and I'm not in a hurry to get this stuff done. I don't know. Ever since I got it, I'm like, huh, I can't wait more than three days. <laughs> I just don't understand why this is cheaper for me. Is it the same set? I wonder. I don't know. I'm gonna look. I'll look real quick and see because I yeah, that just it's weird to me. Yeah, copy. I'll put it pace i'm gonna put it uh the set name in the, the description i mean in the uh i found it yeah it's like the third one down same price as mine yeah it's, it's 99.99 yeah that's not bad you get all that stuff and it yeah. has four star review this, the screen doesn't look very big but that's okay if you're if you're doing like what I'm doing, you don't need it very big. But it's also three colors. You get your black. Yeah, I see black, white, and green. Yeah. Oh, that might be worth to hold on to. Yeah, I'm gonna add this to my list. And you get all those lights and the clamps. Yeah. And a bag to carry everything in. Yep. And a stand. That's not a bad deal. No, it's not. Yeah, I deleted the other one. <laughs> but yeah. So how many games have you run so far successfully? How many campaigns? Uh, first one fell apart because of the way we work and stuff. Mm -hmm. So this is basically my third. My first two fell apart because of work. Okay. So I started off with the starter set with some friends for work, and we just we could never find the time. Yeah. Uh, my friend and the people and my wow uh, friends work, school, and stuff. So mm. didn't really have the time. This one, so so far, so suffering none. But uh, the this third one is uh, we meet up every about every two weeks. Okay. They play. They play every every week in another game. I'm like, well, I can do every other week because I don't have to get up early to uh, take my kids to school and stuff. They're like, okay, we'll do every other week with you then. I'm like, sweet. Yeah, right now I have one of my guys that I can do like once a month, you know, right now. Just because everything that, you know, is going on with my life and my time with my family and stuff like that, you know, we're going to be doing a lot of road trips and traveling and stuff as soon as I can, so. I don't want to dedicate any major amount of time to running a game for people like a weekly game because then I'm not going to be reliable, you know. So it's just like we can do once a month, and that's probably the stretch for right now. I mean, yeah. but I did run a, ga a campaign that lasted over a year uh, that they actually finished, and uh, we played like probably every – we started off like every Saturday, and then it turned into like every other Saturday. 
but it, it ran pretty successfully, I gotta say. I was surprised. Normally they don't, you know, usually somebody falls out or life gets in the way or whatever, but it ran pretty good. Pretty long game. Well, that is awesome. So how long, okay, so how long have you been playing? Uh, since 1987. Wow. So 87 you've been playing. Mm -hmm. So second edition. No, I played, uh, I played the red box. So the first edition. Okay. Uh, When they, when they turned it into a red box, because first edition was like the brown pamphlets. Mm -hmm. uh, They had like the individual pamphlets for the game, the, the things, but. I got it when it was like a red book, you know. There was like two books. It was like the, you know, the, the campaign book and then the other book with all the rules. You know, it was just a big red box with a dragon on the cover, classic picture. Um, so yeah, I played from then on, and then we went through uh, second edition, and then AD and D, and then uh, we went to three, then we went through five, tried four. Okay, so what? Why do they do three and three five? I three was a big jump from second edition AD and D. It was like a huge jump. Like they were really Wizards of the Coast, you know, uh, took over and they really wanted to market more. They wanted to get it out there more for people and um, you know, they wanted it more accessible for people and they tried to simplify the rules from second edition because second edition had a lot of rules it had a lot of numbers it had a lot of stats you know, character sheets were like books almost <laughs> you know uh and they wanted to simplify it and they did to a degree you know and they also added the tactical element so they added the miniatures and the maps you know because up until that point it was all theater of the mind um and that that gets complicated sometimes you know when there's different people at the table who have different perspectives of what they're hearing from DM, so they added the miniatures and stuff like that, which was cool. Was, I, I personally enjoyed that, you know, because I was a miniature player and I painted miniatures and stuff like that. So it was, it was just easy transition for me. So they, they did that, and then three five I think came out like years, a couple years after, because there were just a lot of inherent flaws in three. It was a completely, it's a completely different system. You know, they went from Thaco like you know to to just hit dice and. You know things like that. You know what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. they changed a lot. So they they realized they had to fix a lot of stuff. You know, and three five was supposed to do that. And then, to be honest, there wasn't three wasn't that bad. It really wasn't. Um, and three five really just changed a few little things here and there. You know, like the multi-classing abilities and things like that. Like it, it didn't really change too much. I know personally, like when I first started playing three, I bought the player's handbook. This is everybody, you know, you gotta get the player's handbook. And like I felt like it was like not even a year later and I bought the three point five book. And that's when I started dungeon mastering and I was like, Okay, I'm just gonna, you know, get all the three point five stuff. You know? And that's what I wound up doing. I wound up selecting Forgotten Realms because they had the Living Greyhawk as the main campaign for three point five and three. Mm-hmm. But I was a fan of Forgotten Realms for a long time and I I went and picked up the main book, the campaign book, and I read through the whole book. Like, I don't know what it was, but I just read through the whole book, and I just, everything that they had, I was like, you know what, this is perfect. I don't, there's so much work I don't have to do now as a GM. 
there's so much for the players to encounter. It's all right there, you know. So that, you know, that pushed me into getting all the other forgotten books books. And I wound up picking them all up. I still have them. That's, that's what I thought. So, okay. So I started with the uh, starter set for a fifth edition, the very first one, Lost Minds. Mm-hmm. Did they have something like that for three, three, five? No. Really? No, they just came out with the books, the main books, and then they started creating modules after that. What about fourth? Fourth, I think there was a starter set for fourth. I think there was. Don't quote, but I think it came out after the main book. And they started printing small books. Like, they print the player's handbook, but it was like a small little. Yeah, I've seen pictures of those. Yeah, it's uh, my buddy's got one still. It's, it's just compressed and everything's smaller and smaller print and stuff like that. I don't remember if they made a box set. I thought they did. But I know, okay, so. They created those games like the Wrath of Asharlan, um, Ravenloft, and the Legend of Dritzwerden. Those three games, the three board games, mm-hmm. those were games in fourth edition. And again, they created those games because they were Wizards was looking to reach out, you know, get get board gamers into Dungeons and Dragons. You know what I'm saying? Get more people into Dungeons and Dragons, which you know wasn't a terrible approach. I mean, they just they just weren't really into the marketing at the time. You know, they didn't have strong marketing. I think in fifth they did a lot better. You know, they're giving the reels away for free. You know, when they first released fifth, because um, I remember I didn't I didn't read it for a while, but as soon as fifth came out, they had that PDF with the basic rules in it, and I downloaded it because it was free, right? Like it was yeah. one of those. Here you go, and I was like, that's fucking cool as hell. Like, if you wanted to play, you could just download the character sheets because they had those for free, too. And you download the basic rules, and off you went. Yeah, yeah that's actually what I did start off with was the basic rules. Mm. And I just jumped the gun and bought the uh, stuff. Oh, Kujo said something. Let's clarify, Zero. That T-Rex was dead. <laughs> transporting it off the island for money, of course. Unfortunately, it turned undead while low deck eating all the crew members. That that makes, off. See? You see? That makes total sense. That yep, makes sense why there would be a T-Rex in a boat. I didn't Get expect out. them to tie off the ship. I was planning on jumping out of the lower deck for a scare and pressure came, but things got real quick. <laughs> Nobody died that day because of the crazy move I talked to them about earlier. But I had oh my mommy wants I remember how low over the other characters was. <laughs> See, I have not had a character death. Knock on wood. <laughs> but you're not, you're not doing something right, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of gotta kill at least one player, man, so that the rest of them know you're in charge. Well, yeah, like my guy. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Well, like my uh, my players now, they're like, dude, don't fudge them. Don't fudge the dice or anything. Just let it roll. Nah, I have to. I do it sometimes for the players. What, honey? You want me to take you in? Here in a few, I will, okay? A little yeah, critical. I fudge <laughs> it sometimes, too. I mean, because I'm a hot roller, so I roll 20s like easy. It doesn't matter what die I'm using. I just 
for some reason I hit twenties and it's just like, mm, yeah, not today. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, um, uh, right, let me shut the story off. It's like, um, my, um, like I'll road, I'll roll damage behind the screen now. Yeah. But I will roll the, uh, uh, the attack and stuff for the, for the monster attack. I will roll in front of them. Mm. So what do you keep? What do you keep a mystery from them? What, what is it you're keeping behind the screen aside from damage? My notes and stuff. Oh. Like I have a little uh, composite book with uh, my notes, uh, monster minis, and uh, stuff like that. But yeah, I, 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 just, honestly, I, I just started rolling in front of them because one of them thought um, one of them thought something like uh, I can't remember why. I think you know, it's for fun. I uh, I actually had someone you know, like, oh, how do we know you're not cheating? You know, he's one of those guys, and I was like, I'm I don't have to cheat, and it's not cheating. You know, so I, I told people if I plug these guys, it's because you guys, it's for you guys, and I was like, okay. We don't have to use the screen. I took the screen out for one whole session, and they were completely like, "Don't ever do that again." <laughs> I, I, you know, I roll hot. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I watch, watch me roll. You know what I'm saying? Here, you don't believe these dice? Let me use your dice. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there you go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They, they had more criticals in that night against them than their entire campaign session. And we're talking like over a year. And they were just like, they were blown away. And my friend's like, oh, you're a devil. You're like the devil. I'm like, no, I just, just got hot hands. Don't call the hands. Yeah, no while I don't do it all the time, but every once in a while when I feel like, you know what? What would be the purpose? What would be the outcome of this if, if people died right now? Like where, where would they get? What would they, you know what I mean? What would be the accomplishment? You know what I mean? So, my goal is to tell a good story. Put the board down, one hit. I was like, oh shit. And I see TPK, <laughs> the T Rex again. Kujo <laughs> uh, says he rolls behind the screen. He needs to be able to fudge to help. Yep. I have done that sometimes. Like, just uh, every once in a while. You just, yeah. It's not, it's, it's not. Again, here, I would kill, like, one of my players would be dead right now. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. And that's the thing, right? It's not swing feeding in my opinion. It's more like, you know, hey, it's just like a hand, you know, like, hey, you know. Yeah. And that's what I tell them. I'm like, you want it? I'll roll in front of you guys. I have no problem doing that. There you go. You know what I'm saying? And they were like, dude. Yeah, you, you're, I have you. Like, no, I just have hot hands. Like when we play miniature games that require me to roll dice, I roll hot. Mm -hmm. like what it is, you know? Um so every once in a while, it's fine. When you're doing it all the time, yeah, either you're not putting them in the right situation or they're putting themselves in the wrong situation. Oh, last session. Oh, my gosh. Our last session we had, we was all of us was hot. And we were just rolling in front of everybody. I'm like, gee, many Christmas. It's like, I got a crit. They got a crit. I got another crit. They got another crit. It's like nonstop back and forth between but I mean, it happens. It pays, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
I've had players just have good days, you know, and then I've had players have like terrible days and they literally get rid of that set of, I've had people like literally throw out a set of dice and like go buy a brand new set because they felt those dice were cursed or booted or something. I'm like, you're, that's not I'll science. take them. <laughs> it's like, that's not science. And you just threw out like $7 worth of dice. Like that's, that, that's not science. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I have all the, um, I got every every single uh, fifth edition starter set, so I have all the dice, and um, I was missing one. And it was the time we came up for our session. One of my players was like, "Hey, is this your dice?" I looked at him like, "Yeah, that's from the uh, Fenderland starter set." He goes, "Well, it rolls choppy." He wrote it. It wrote like a three. I wrote a couple times, two twenties. I'm like, maybe it's just you. Check this out. Is that a bullet? It's a die. What? It's a six-sided die. How the hell you roll that? You just roll it, man. It's got a little hex. It's got a little hex at the bottom, you know, so that uh, it'll stop. So you just roll it. Huh. It rolls and then it stops. I just rolled a six. <laughs> nice. Anybody? Anyone play crit success? What do you mean by that? Like um, exaggerating the damage and doing things like that for a crit? Yeah, I've done that. No, I double the damage. Well, I, I role play the I role play a crit too, especially if it's close to death. I'll just the monster will die. On those, how you want to do this moments? Mm -hmm. If the climax type, obviously, if it's a climax, type, I may speak to everyone at the table. You want this in front? Be careful what you ask for. Yeah, I have done that. Um. I think I think at this point, like the people that I've chosen to be the players in my group, are pretty aware of my honesty when it comes to the dice. So they don't. A lot of people don't question it anymore. So even when critical, even when like climactic battles and stuff, there's no. Like every once in a while, I'll pull the card up and say, "Look, there's a twenty. I rolled a twenty. You know what I mean? Like or whatever. Or I rolled a one. You know, like you know what I'm saying? I'll do that. If I roll a twenty or a one, I'll show them sometimes. But otherwise. Because I mean, you know, if you if you're not if you don't trust the GM or DM, then what's the point of playing? Yeah, you got a problem. You might as well leave. You should just excuse yourself and leave. And that, it's nothing personal. Like if someone doesn't trust me, it's like all right, dude, I get it. Yeah. No, well, like, don't stay here and make it make a sour face and ruin it for everybody. You know what I mean? Hey, no, I've I've been wanting to try something like that, but I've never never have. I don't get what he's saying. What are you saying? Okay. So he's saying, like, um, you, you, you can roll a save. 20. That's a, do you automatically count that as a success? A save crit? I mean, yeah, okay. It, yes and no. Most general saves, yes, I count that as an automatic success, right? Like, you roll the 20. Because a lot of people think 20 is automatic for everything, and it's not. Not for saves, because if you look at what saves are, like where there are some spells, there are some magics, there are some monsters that are so high level, there is no way a 20 will save. That's just, you know, if you throw it at them, you know, like if you, if you throw a, a, a great worm at a fifth level group, there's no way they're going to make saves against that, that great worm. No way. No 20 is going to help them. You know, Cujo, and, no, no crit saves or skills. What do you say, Kujo? He says no, no crit saves or skills. So he doesn't use that. 
Yeah, that's it's it's hard to see, and that's the thing. You you really you know when it's a low level thing, it's not a big deal because it's already whatever. You know, twenty is a good number. But when you start doing that, that's an expected. That becomes an expected behavior all the time. And when they come across that thing that they should not be able to handle, see one thing players, a lot of players I find don't understand. I explain this all the time. Just because you see it doesn't mean you're meant to kill it. You know, people become murder hobos immediately. Oh, there's a dragon there. It's our turn to kill it. And we're going to kill a dragon. But it, that, you might just be having an encounter. It doesn't mean you should throw everything at it that you have. You're only seventh level. That's a great dragon. Like you, it's just there for you to see, not for you to kill. If you're going to go into it, you know, that's that, that what we were talking about earlier. You know, like I'm not going to fudge anything for you then because you're literally making the choice to kill your characters. Yeah. Yep. So, I if mean, that's, that's fine. You have to. Seven, it's only 27. Yeah, but if you got inspiration, though, you know. Well, I guess if inspiration, you get a re-roll. Right, yeah. Roll, yeah, yeah exactly. if, if, it's, if the difficulty is a 30 and you roll a 27, you didn't, you didn't do it. That's just that. I mean, that's rare. That there, There's not a lot of things with that kind of difficulty. You know, I mean, you're putting it's yeah. extreme difficult challenge. Like, yeah. That's extreme. But that's something you should tell them, too, beforehand. Like, not say, hey, it's a 30, but say, hey, listen, this is extremely hard to do. I mean, we're talking you would have to all your stats together you know people would have to assist you know there has to be inspiration yeah, to be proficiency bonuses there's going to be a lot of things in play that would make it you would barely make it with all that things in play that's what you have to tell them so that they they understand the gravity of the choice they're about to make yeah if you just throw them in a situation like okay you, you fall into a trap pit difficulty 30 to get out of it it's like well you're not really letting them get out of that <laughs> you know, that, you, that was your goal is to put them in a pit they couldn't get out of. You know what I'm saying? So, and yeah. that's you know, that's the thing too. A lot of players don't understand. Like, if the dungeon master puts you in a situation, doesn't mean you have to punch your way through it. You know, sometimes you have to think about other ways to get out of a situation. Like I said, you know, you come across a party of orcs who don't have enough hit points. Doesn't mean because you're you're you know, your tenth level you can kill them. You might have to just negotiate your way out or completely avert them. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the players. Nine times out of ten, they get that tunnel vision and they say, "Oh, you put that there so I can kill." You know, and that's that's then they become, like I said, murder hobos. Or uh, like if you put a trap in front of them, or a puzzle. Like um, I did, I had a session with two of my players. They they thought very uh, the two that was th thinkers. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I put a I put the knock door in front of them. <laughs> Two hours of them. Two hours of them trying to figure out this puzzle. <laughs> and but if you want a good time of just laughing at them at your party or something, let me know. I'll send you that puzzle. What it, is it? It's, it's called the knock door. Okay. It is hilarious. I actually got it off of a of a video. I'll see if I can find the uh, link to the video. And I'll send it to you. But yeah, yeah, the lot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, a lot chess with a difficulty of thirty. Yeah, and that's the thing, right? Like, if you're putting that in there, you know, it, okay, it's, the chest is just like a monster. If you put it in a room, 
and you allow access to that room by the players, they're gonna want to open that chest. They're gonna that they're gonna assume that you put it there for them to open and take whatever's inside. They're also gonna assume that what's inside is extremely valuable. Now, if it's got a difficulty thirty to open that chest, there better be something valuable in that fucking chest. Like there better be some hella magic or something in there for them to be risking that much. But I mean, you know, does the chest have a trap in it? If not, then it's just then they can just keep trying until they succeed, right? Like or bash the chest until they get it open, you know. But if it's got a trap or something like or you know magical protections and things like that, you know, then there's just something they may not be able to deal with. They may you know want to you know, just you can pick it up and take it with you, but you can't open it. You know, and they just may need to hire someone to do it, someone you know with more skills or you know better 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 at doing that. You know, it's just, there's ways around these things, but Again, if you're putting something in there, like say it's in a module, right? Like let's go, let's, let's go with a module that's pre-written. It's already in the book. There's nothing you can do. But, I mean, you can change it, but there's, you know what I mean? Like it's just something you, oh, there's a treasure, treasure chest in there. Oh, difficulty class 30, these guys are never going to be able to open this chest, right? You know that because you know their stats. You know everybody in the room because it's your GM. You know their character sheets. You know what they have. You know they're not going to be able to do it. So they're going to try, but you, you, know, you know they're going to try. No matter what, like, no matter how many times you tell them, listen, it doesn't matter how many twenties you roll, you're not going to open this chest. They're going to want to try. Yeah, they're going to try no matter what. Right, they're going to try to figure out another solution. Oh, we'll smash it, or we'll take it to the fucking magical locksmith on the mountaintop, and he'll open it for us. You know, okay, you know they can do that type of stuff. You know, or it could be one of those things in a module that's just not meant to be. You know, it's just there for eye candy. If there's a treasure chest, maybe we can come back to it later with a magical key that we're going to get from. Killing the crazy wizard, you know, things like that. I mean, there's always ways around it, but yeah, there's just challenges that some you know players aren't going to be able to accomplish. You know, you just have to understand that that's beyond their level at that point. You know. Yeah, uh, he he says, yeah, like this lock is something you've never seen before. It seems ancient or made of from some organic that you're afraid to touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And. I liked a video on that hammer back there, Zero. A hammer. Hammer. A hammer. On that. What a hammer? I don't have a hammer. That's my camera. That there? That's my camera. Oh. Is that a. Do you use a little camcorder too? Yeah, it's my camera. That's what I do my main videos with. <laughs> That's what I do too. I have like mine's this uh, Samsung HDX ninety or something like that. That's kind of like that yeah, seven twenty, but it gets the job done. Yeah, this is a ten eighty p Panasonic uh, Vivid Vivid Vivito. Oh, nice! Yeah. It's pretty nice. Um, my buddy got it for me. Uh, helped me out because he, he couldn't stand watching my videos because they were so grainy <laughs> before. He's like, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you a camera because that camera sucks. I was like, all right. Was my last? How was my last video? Was it grainy or uh, the uh, unboxing? No, it wasn't. Not too bad. I didn't think it was bad. Okay, but I watched it on my phone, to be honest. So yeah, that's what I mainly think. What people watch is a lot of the videos on it anymore is the phones and stuff. What's on the wall? On the wall, back there? No, the blue thing behind you. Yeah, that's a dream catcher. 
No, up there. Up by the Dreamcatcher. Looks like handled by Mickey Mouse. I'm guessing he's yeah, that. That is my Oh, that's a lanyard. <laughs> my Star Wars Celebration 17 and 18 lanyard. When I went to Star Wars Celebration. Uh, I guess got my two buttons on there for the two years that I went. I'm but, guessing like it does kind of look like a, ha a hammer. I don't the worst hammer? Yeah. Well, compared to whatever is above it, you know, it just goes straight up. Yeah, I've got my my wolf head. Um Wolf head lightsaber holder up there. And my buddy Joe printed for me. Oh, nice! It's the first one he printed. Then he then he sent me one in black, um, so that I could sand it down, primer it, and paint it. Because I'm gonna I want to paint it up and give it a nice, you know, cool finish. Yeah, is. Uh, I'm gonna try to find all, some more tech, tech videos for D and D and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, I, there's a lot of stuff you came across that I, I didn't know about. Um, it, honestly, it's partly my fault for not looking for the stuff. You know, I kind of shy away from tech in D and D because it's mm -hmm. too much tech is just you know what I mean. You know, we wind up everybody winds up with one of these in front of them. Yeah, and you don't know if they're looking at their character sheet or they're playing fucking. You know, Pokemon Go or something. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's just, mm -hmm. it's just running what I can't stand. And I don't mind if you do that, if you can multitask. But if I say, if I'm telling you something, if I'm narrating, and then I say, okay, this is that, and then I look at you, and you're looking at me like a, a deer in headlights, it's like, okay, I threw you the ball after telling you what was going to happen. I threw you the ball, and you dropped it because you were not paying attention. Now I got to repeat myself. You know what I'm saying? And that's, yeah. I hate, oh, I hate, I, you know, even at work, uh, like, uh, I would explain something to somebody because, and they're like, well, so so does it this way. Okay, how long has so so been here? Uh, about a year. Okay, how long have I been here? Who has more experience? Do it this way, it will work. Yeah, it's, uh, all right. You know, when it comes to the rules, I, I have one golden rule, and it's you know, and it, it, it's very. A lot of people don't like it, so they you know, they'll they'll say it's cool, but then like two or three sessions in, they're gone. They leave, they quit. But the bottom, the main rule is on the rules. When mm -hmm. it comes to the table, I'm the one that makes the rules. If there's a discrepancy with the rule, we can look at it later and we can correct the mistake. But at that table, I'm the final arbitrator of those rules. Yep, and that's how it's supposed to be. And if, if I have people arguing with me and questioning me, game's over, session's over. And I, I have done it. Done. Not even an hour in. It's like, all right, we're done. You know better. 
you know what's going on, you run the game because we're done. And then it changes. Oh, no, 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 no. We're just saying, we're just saying, okay, we don't need to sit here and argue because we don't have a lot of time. You know, most people, most grown ups don't have all night to play DD. So the last thing I want to do is spend my fucking DD night that I've prepared a week for arguing with your ass about a stupid ass rule. That's, that's just me. Exactly. Uh, let's see. Oh, what did you say? Crit, your lighting has been a little bright. Not sure if it's me. I also watching on my phone. Lighting is always hard to adjust. Okay, I'll take that more into. I'll try to do less with uh, lighting. I don't think it was grainy. Uh, okay. Sweet. So I'll just keep on using my uh, for my product reviews and stuff. I'll just keep on using my uh, camcorder then. But um. Yeah, light has always been tough. You see all my mess over there. <laughs> Dude, that's all the mess. I'll do a private video for you guys, just for you guys. Oh, that would be fun. I love my two groups because none of them are rules, so there's no arguments. I am the law. You know, honestly, that's how it should be. The EDM should have the final so. Like, um, one of my um, one of my players is a DM on his other stuff, and he he pulled me off the side. He goes, "Hey, how do you do things?" I'm like, "Well, way I do it is what I say goes. Then if we have a problem with it, we can talk after session. Mm-hmm. Then if I then I might adjust it the session or rewrite something that happened in the session." based on our conversation. Yeah, I mean, honestly, those things really, the most impactful thing is, let's say they kill something too fast, or they take something they weren't supposed to take, or they have access to something they shouldn't have access to. That's easily corrected, man. You just, you know what, hey, my bad, you know, call a mulligan and that's it. You just have to deal with it. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Here's what I've started doing too in my last group. My last uh, what I would do is I'd find a player who's an extremely accurate, fast reader. And I'm not just talking a reader, someone who can comprehend, you know, because there's people who read really fast, but when you ask them what they read about, they're like, uh, it's this, basically. You know, then there's people who read really slow, but they comprehend everything. That's me. I take my time reading, but I comprehend what I'm reading. So I find somebody who's really good at that, right? And they become my unofficial rules lawyer, right? So what I will do is I'll say, okay, you have this book, this book, and this book. If this, if something comes up, I will ask you to look in one of those books because I know where the rules are, right? Like I know as a GM, as a DM, you don't have to know all the rules. You should just know where they are and where you can get access to them, right? So mm-hmm. the rules clarification issue, especially with classes, everybody has a player's handbook, but everybody at the table, I guarantee you, will interpret it differently. So you find someone in that group you can trust that can read and comprehend what they're reading. You point to them and say, can you check that for me real quick? While we're doing all this other stuff, and it's not your turn, can you please check in the player's handbook, the fighter, what feats does he is he allowed? You know what I'm saying? Or what what are the bonuses for a cleric, blah, blah, blah. And that person will, because they will, they will know, they will become that guy for you. They'll become that right hand that okay boom got it yeah. here it is this is where it is and they'll be the arbitrator for you and all the other players whether they're arguing or not this okay well it's there you just read it we're done 
Yep. If and that's that's an issue. Nine times out of ten, it's like, look, this is what we're going to call it. If it's different after, we'll talk about it. But right now, to keep the game moving, I make the rules. That's it. Yep. And both my players, they understand the rules and stuff. So if I'm not for sure about something on a DM, like the other DM, he goes, well, this is how I would do it, but this is your game. So you do it how you want to do it. See, even that right there, that's uh-huh. a passive-aggressive attack right there. Yeah. that's a, I've had people do that. I'm like, well, that's not how I do it. Okay, well, motherfucker, you're not doing it. You can take a step. Well, I asked for his okay. advice on it. No, no, no. I know, but I'm just saying that, oh, that's okay. a passive-aggressive move. People don't even realize it, but that's a move people do to be like, well, you do it your way even though it's wrong. That, that's they, they do that thing where they look to the side like, mm, okay, yeah. I guess that's just how you do it. Like, no, that's, this is how I do it. Take yeah. your ass to the next road. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't play that shit. Yeah. This, I was, that's why was everybody it? knows when they start in my game. This is how I'm running the game. These are the rules that I'm using. I make the rules and I decide on those rules in game. Yeah. You don't like it? Step. They asked me about they asked me about using flanking. I told them at the beginning, no flanking. I do not allow it. Okay. Because, is it in the game? Huh? Is it in it's, the game? It's a, it's a uh, in 5e, it's, a, right? uh, it's one of those rules that you don't have to use. Really? Yep. You don't have to use the flanky rule. I like it. I don't understand it. So I decided until I can. I, see, I'm, I'm a tactician. So for me, flanking is extremely valuable. Like playing airsoft, when you flank, that's it. Game's over for whoever's not paying attention. Yeah. That's a important move. You know what I mean? That's that's to me, that's a valuable thing. That's why I let players do it. Like especially rogues, that's their that's their house. They live in the flanking house. If a rogue isn't getting those flank bonuses, he's not mm-hmm. doing the best a rogue can do. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that's his that's his small, tiny, tiny little window of you know, yeah. Where the fighter, his window, he can all I gotta do is swing. So I just gotta swing away. The rogue's like, mm, I'm gonna I could swing away because I'm a rogue. I got them fast. But so should I do it by class then? No, just just allow it. Here, what, okay, what's the worst you think will happen if you allow flanking? Everybody gets advantage. Okay. And oh, well, I guess that would work out in my. I guess that would work out in my favor too. Then right now, remember, five orcs against two players. There's flanking going to happen. Yeah. So it, here's the thing. When it comes to those types of actions and those types of abilities mm-hmm. and, and, and rules, right? Rules. When a player tries to take advantage of it, right? Like says, Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, the the rogue, for perfect example, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna all I'm gonna do is get into that flanking position so I do the maximum backstab damage. All right, cool, bet money. Just remember, you're one rogue. I have a million rogues. You could go into a house full of rogues, and they're all gonna get that same bonus. So players tend to, you know, they try not to they, they try not to take advantage of those types of things because they realize monsters can do that shit too. And monsters don't mean monsters. That could be, like I said, a band of rogues who are all just as skilled as your rogue. And they're like, nope, mm-hmm. we're doing that flank too. That's our house too. <laughs> we're, we're getting those bonuses too. And then the players are gonna be like, damn, that shit sucks. <laughs> you know. So believe me, it's not gonna hurt your game at all. Okay. You as a GM just have to prepare those types of situations like again you don't want to throw a band of rogues at them every single time right like that's not you don't want to punish people for being creative with their with their actions but you want to express to them that those actions can be taken by other creatures as well 
That's all. Okay. So like a bartender hitting someone in the back of the head with a, a mug of ale. He's going <laughs> to he's behind them, right? Like so that's a thing that they're going to learn, right? Like okay, well the bartender's in on the fight. Boom, he hits you with a you know, he takes some maximum damage because he backstabbed you technically and he's a rogue. He's like one level in rogue. Boom. You know. <laughs> yeah, that like, Damn, tough. that's a pretty good bartender. You yeah. Thing. But Let's see. whatever bonuses those characters get because of mm -hmm. actual actions in the game, the monsters can get to Okay. Some monsters do it even better. There's, dude, there's monsters like lurkers. There's, there's, there's monsters that, if they're in their zone, forget about. It. Like a wraith. Oh my god. If you have a wraith in a house with multiple floors, that is the most scariest monster in the monster manual. Because the wraith can just go in between the floors, like it's yep. nothing. Up and free down. Action. Free action. They can go down one spot and come up another, and they drain life. So it's like. Yo, that's, oh, that was. Oh man, <laughs> I've done I, it. I've done it. People were like, "What the fuck?" Because people think linear. Mm -hmm. They think this is the linear plane that they're acting on. They don't no, think about going up or that down. Aberrations can actually go up and down or in and out mm -hmm. of reality. You know, uh, planar. What are those, those fissures? Planar fissures. They can go in and out of reality. It's like I'm here. Now I'm over here. Now I'm not here. That's some scary shit. So yeah, basically they can teleport everywhere, right? So trust me when I tell you, giving your players the flanking bonus, uh -huh. it's, it's it's just a little bit more. It's not going to change the game. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Who's typing here? Says, My players all appreciate that I know most of the rules. I frequently tell them during the game, I don't know your character. I'm trying to remember everything else. I don't yep. remember how that spell works. That's how I am. Yep. It is your job. Your job to know your character to know your class. Not mine. No. I have everything else. I got. Now, do. mind you, it is the DM's job to know the general basics of each class. Mm -hmm. I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly. It is my job to know what the cleric's purpose is, their function in the group, and some of their abilities. But as levels go on and bonuses come and, and feats are chosen and skills and all this stuff, that is your job. And I've I've had an argument with a player, and the whole group actually stopped him and said, "No, dude, he's told you from day one." You need to know your fucking character, and no one's going to tell you how to play your character and what your character should do. You mm. should know that. And we were 10th level. I'm like, oh, you should have known by then. How do you not know what your character does? You're the only one that has that character. You have the book in front of you every time we sit here. You have all the rules at your disposal. Why do you not? Why are you looking at me like I should have told you you could do something? Like that, that outrageous. Like I have a million other things to worry about. And you're telling me I have to know your character too? Nah, you later. The road. <laughs> yeah, I can understand if he was like me. I'm a little slow. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it takes long for me to a little bit longer for me to learn stuff. I gotta read like things over uh, two, three times to understand it. You know, I can understand if if a player's is like like that. Like I have players like that too, but I always tell them mm -hmm. read it again. All, listen, and I, I don't mean to sound, um, in, you know, like I don't mean to sound cold. No, you're good, but but if that's your situation, mm -hmm. you as an adult have to handle your situation. I can't do it for you. It's like me coming to your house and giving you your medication every day. I can't, I can't do that, right? Like so, exactly. You know, this is my problem. I have this is what I have to do to solve that problem. Get on that. 
I think one reason why I'm a little slow like that because I'm dyslexic. That's that's rough, man. That's not easy. So, yeah. You're playing a game where you have to read the majority of the stuff you you do. Yeah, like that character sheet. It's not easy. I, I told you about the other yeah. day. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that is freaking! I still need to do that video. Yeah, specters can do the same thing. They, that's what I'm saying. Like ghosts, specters, most aberrations, they can they can go in and out of walls. They can do they can attack from other sides of the walls. You get and players. It's such a fucking phenomenon watching their eyes. You like watching them, their expressions when that type of stuff happens. They're like, holy shit balls. That simple encounter just became hella scary. It's like, for example, my 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 players were on a boat. They were on a, they were going down a river, they were on a boat. And Did they have a T-Rex with armor, but a druid, a, a, there was a druid, a paladin, a dwarf, and they were attacked by a, a, a hydra. And it was a hydro, hydro, you know. And they thought it was just like a serpent, like a you know, one, one, you know, because it only showed one head at a time. And they were like, "Well, we're, we're going to attack it because it's it's there and it's it's obviously a monster, you know." Okay, I'm not going to criticize that. They started attacking, and then it, the hydra started attacking the boat and causing them to fall into the water. The fighters started realizing, "Oh, holy shit! I don't have swim. I can't. I got armor. I can't. I'm going to drown." That the the encounter became that much more challenging and, and exciting for them because they were not just on the ground and the monster was coming at them with all their guns there. You know what I'm saying? They, they couldn't murder Hobo. They had to think outside the box and you know do other things to, to, to solve the problem because the monster, it wasn't just the monster that was a problem. You know, so like like I said, things like, like wraiths and stuff, man, you want, you want to scare the pants off of them. That's, that's all you got to do. Or I, I've, I've actually put like skeletons in suits of armor standing against the walls. You know, like, you know how mansions have like suits of armor, classic suits, uh -huh. you know, and they were triggered. Like once the party went past the suits, the row of suits, they opened up a door. The door was a magical trap. The trap was to awaken the skeletons. Once the skeletons stepped down off their pedestals, they, the players were like, oh, that, that shit could happen. Like we, and there was no detect evil. There was nothing because there was nothing to detect. You know what I'm saying? They just walked in. Like, Everything's good. No traps. No, the rogue checked for traps. Everything. Nothing. Have, have you ever gave a goblin fireball? No. Um, oh my gosh! It is so. I've never done it, but I know the goblin shamans can cast spells, and I know it's. I know it's. I know they can do it, but I've never really. I mean, goblins they don't really last long. And a lot of times. My players are savvy, so as soon as uh, they see a goblin shaman, it's like, mm, that's the one, you know, because they know mm -hmm. he's gonna. Oh, you know? uh, this goblin, he wasn't a shaman enough, and he just, I just had it where he just knew the spell. <laughs> it was like, they're like, what happened? Fireball, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fireballs usually change, that, that usually stops the clock, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I told him. I didn't put up against them, but I after you know they they talked to him and stuff. I showed him the uh, little sheet I had, showed him the look like uh, that's fireball. I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Not bad, not bad, man. It's pretty slick. Yeah, it's I, I don't know. It's like changing monster stats. That's the best thing I love to do. I, I like doing it once in a while. Like I said, I had a vampire in my last game. He was like a lord. Vampire mm -hmm. lord, so he ruled the whole area. 
even the townspeople were they knew of him and didn't go after him because he left people alive like he didn't you know what i mean what it, it almost people when the players encountered him they almost felt like is he a good character like is he is he like does he have good alignment and i was like no he just has a lawful alignment you know what i'm saying like he's literally the, and they're, well vampires are supposed to be this i'm like well in the monster manual that vampire is but this vampire lord is different yeah he's, got, he's lawful neutral and this is how he feels about the world and you guys just happen to encounter them you know and it turned out you know they didn't fight him they basically he actually helped them do something not because he was like oh it's the right thing to do but it was like look clearly you need help and what you're going to do is going to help me too so the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing yep. you know but that he's still there and that, you know anytime new players go into you know into this realm it's going to be he's going to be there and that's one of those things where like i said you change it up just a little bit and it throws the players off it completely the game is completely turned around it's like well vampires are evil we're supposed to kill them good dragons aren't always good <laughs> or good in the sense that you would like them to be you know they're not always there to just hey i'll give you everything you need i'll help you you know you touch their treasures the key just as fast as another dragon would <laughs> i mean like it's, dragons are territorial man they, you're in there they are they want you there they're, you're gone that's it like uh what, what does he say dude hydra that reminds me a hydra mini is coming out out from d cups in a couple months that comes with heads removed i plan nice. on magnetizing them and having fun with oh that would be so cool That'd be pretty cool yeah I've seen some. I have a couple of Hydra figures. Um, actually, the best Hydra figure I have, because all of them I have are ugly, just not molded, not modeled well. The best Hydra model I have came from Michaels. He's one of those toys, those fantasy toys. Uh huh. And it's it's a high, it's a purple metallic purple Hydra with a silver belly. It's just ugly painting, but the model looks good. And I used it in D and D because it was like, you know, they were at the level where they could fight six heads and. <sighs> it worked out. I was gonna repaint it, but I was like, ah, I didn't have enough time to repaint it, so I just, I just threw it out there, and it worked. It See, I've been using if I don't have the mini, if or if I can print it up, I use the uh, Pathfinder uh, poems, and I bought the B Street box, uh, the first one. Yeah, dude, great for the money. Thirty-five bucks, you get over three hundred. Oh my goodness! And now, do they have bases? Right? Those little things come with bases that are. Yeah, they come with like about thirty bases. Okay. But uh, the quality of them and stuff, I have, you know, I'll do another video on that on how I store them and stuff. But like, I got a three inch binder with them in within uh, sheet protectors. Where where is that up at pre order? Where's that Hydra at? Yeah, no joke. Link it up. Oh, oh by shit. the way, uh, Kujo said he was going to order us each a Hydra too. Oh, did he? Yeah, he just didn't type it in. Oh, okay, cool. Good job, Pooch. Yeah. <laughs> Shut <awesome>, man. <laughs> bring, in the, bring in the 2020 right for us, Cujo. <laughs> Appreciate you, my dude. <laughs> dude, his sets, though. Oh, my gosh. No, dude. I definitely would like to get up there by him and just uh, play a game. Like, have him run a session for us up here. Cujo, are you in Canada? I posted it in Discord. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yep, there it is in general chat. Oh, that is so sweet. Oh, 
Oh, it doesn't have any arms or legs, though. It's a Hydra. They don't have arms and legs. Yes, they do. Yeah, they do. That's cool, though. It's a good looking oh, Alabama. Mobile, Alabama, sir. Where is he? Alabama. Who chose in Alabama? Uh, yeah, he's same time zone as us. Yeah, buddy. Woohoo! I'm gonna come play with India Cougar House. I think we should try to do it online whenever we can. Maybe just start off for one shot. I currently have an old metal Hydra for more Hammer Fantasy Dark Elves, I think. Yeah, I think I, I think I have one of those too somewhere. But uh but yeah, I have a like I said, I got mine from Michaels and it's just a big mm-hmm. plastic, you know, but it worked. It worked great. Also. Yeah, see, like at Walmart they have this uh five headed dragon uh instant burner. Mm-hmm. And I'm like Man, that would be perfect for Tiamat. And the base, perfect measurement. Hmm. I thought about buying it, paint, painting it. How much and, was it? Yeah. How much was it? Ten bucks. Because yeah. Tiamat, I think you can get her still for like sixteen bucks or something like that. I was thinking about picking it up. Since I like, I like, you know, dragons. But... Really, twenty-two dollars for a mini? Hmm. For the Hydra? Yeah. I mean, because the dragons right now, the young dragons are about 14, 15 yeah. bucks. But, but it's also fine. They're like 17, 18. Shit. You know what I mean? Pathfinders is some of their sizes I've noticed is different than D&D. Yeah, well, the monsters are different too. So you got to really stretch it with a Pathfinder miniature. I mean, I, could, I guess I you could put them on a different base or make a base for them if you need it bigger. <laughs> you could. You can get um, the bases that come with the D and D minis. Mm-hmm. There's a company that makes those. Um, I know Wizards of the Coast sells them, but you can actually. There's another company. I think it's called Base Boss. They just sell you know boxes of bases and stuff like that, like blisters of bases, and you can get like whatever size you want. They have like, like I have the 40k knights, and they're like uh-huh. huge oval bases, and uh, you can get those types of bases, you know. Dude, these week honestly, these weekly chats we have like this, I learn a lot, and I hope like other people that watches them are learning learning some stuff too. Better fucking learning, better be listening and learning. <laughs> because like, I'm going like I'll go in to my channel and the last uh, let's see here. Let me go to my studio. It's uh, it's it's midnight now, so I don't is know it really? Wow. Wrap this up. Yep. Like my last one, twenty-three views. Before that, um, D D After Dark number one, fifty-four views. It'll get, like, there. It'll get there, man. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. If you stay consistent, if you just keep doing this on Fridays and you have different guests on or whatever, because people yeah. don't want to see my ass all the time. But if you keep doing it, it'll it'll grow. Yeah, like Rod, he came in tonight okay. and stuff. Uh, Kujo. I really wanted to see that ship with Tiamat on it again, Kujo. <laughs> That's what the Discord's for. So whoever's watching, if you guys are on the Discord, join in, man. He'll put yeah, links in the, the description. description. Hello, man. Just join in. 
Tell them zero and crit sent you. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? Let's go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. All right, man. So, uh, appreciate you. Zero, thanks for joining me again. Yes, sir. It's an honor having you. Rod, thanks for coming in. Joining. Yeah, and Rivers, awesome. Thank you for joining in. Yeah, guys. I'm BD. And remember, if you're over 20, it's a critical. Zero's thanks, out. Thanks, guys.